Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Joining me today is just one other solitary person. So this will be a bit of a light podcast. So I've got with me Brian Vitali. How you doing? Hello, I'm doing good. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's so everyone, I guess, is still sort of doing their own thing. Um, Josh, I suppose, is still sort of recovering from Anime Expo or whatever else he did during this past holiday week. We in the Americas celebrated Independence Day, so who knows what he's up to? Um, yeah, and... Kyle doesn't. Kyle doesn't have that excuse. No, he, he had other plans. I guess is all he said. And yeah. Andrea, I'm sure, is still playing Final Fantasy 14 nonstop. And yeah, uh, Adam, I don't know where he's at. So, oh well, no big deal. We're gonna he doesn't go want. He doesn't want to talk about anime. That's no, it. actually, that's kind of mostly what we're going to be talking about anyway. I kind of joked about it before we got started that like I'd be talking about a lot of things that very few of the other staff members really care about. <laughs> so I've got a huge anime fan with me with Brian though, right? I'm a gigantic anime oh, fan. Totally. You're not like a person only watches like one or two shows ever, so that's cool. Yes, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Totally what it is. Yeah, so uh, well, let's just go ahead and get into it then, uh, because we will have a good amount to talk about. It's mostly going to be surrounded by Anime Expo, which took place last weekend. But before we get into that, we always like to talk about the games that we've been playing. So, Brian, I know that um, in a previous podcast. Oh, and I should also say that's Anime Expo is the reason we didn't do a podcast last weekend. So, apologies to anyone who was looking forward to that. Uh, I know we took a break before the previous podcast as well which was two weeks ago so we had like one two weeks ago and one four weeks ago well, uh, we had e3 anime expo other summer stuff yeah. it happens so we'll, we'll try to be more consistent but that's just kind of how it is uh but that'll just leave us more to talk about we had more to talk about because we waited if we didn't wait we would not have as much so that probably helps in the grand scheme but yeah um in the last podcast you talked about that you were sort of getting into mass effect andromeda uh, trying to you know give it a try on your own based on the uh, patches that have been coming out. So they put out 1.08, and then they just put out... Was it 1.08 or 1.8? It was 1.08, and then they just put out 1.09, which yes. is a minor patch. It just kind of has like general like quest block fixes and you know More undefined uh, undefined better animations. I don't specify <laughs> when or where. You um, have to like side-by-side side it just to find out exactly what they're talking about. Right. So how's that been? So yeah, so yeah, I've been playing it uh, more. I'm, I'm, I think I'm about halfway through because I've um, gone to about four planets, and I'm the type of person that I am very completionist. I go in and try to do every quest and sure. fill up all fill up all the bars to 100. Um, percent And I was going into this game. I guess I wasn't expecting it to feel so similar to Dragon Age Inquisition, just the way mm. it's. The way the quests are designed and the way the the maps or the planets you go to are designed, uh, it's it feels like it's almost a mod of that game. Like I swear, I haven't actually put them side by side, but you can almost see some of like the shared asset modules, like some doorways and stuff. I'm like, I swear, I saw that door with a different texture and oh, Dragon it, or whatever. It's to which that is, degree. Which, <laughs> yeah, which, which of course obviously happens because these engines will share modules or whatever, but. Uh, Maybe I'm just being paranoid because I'm trying to be extra, you know, extra layer of scrutiny on this game. But I'm I'm enjoying it for the most part. I think it's I'm playing on PC and it's I think it I think it's it looks pretty outside of the animations. I think it plays well. It's fun to play. I just it has the same weaknesses I feel that Inquisition did. It has kind of lazy quest writing. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the quests are yeah. just very uninspired. Like one of the earlier planets in the game, 
you will go to a like a raider camp or whatever and it has like a chance of being it has a random chance of being a data pad or a dead body or like one other thing like a, a, a stolen storage cache or whatever uh. and it, it, it almost feels like those skyrim procedural quests where it's like this is the lowest level of quest writing ever you collect three of these and then you go to a place and wipe it out and that's the quest Ooh, it's just okay so a lot of backtracking and stuff like that too yeah, and just quests where your your only motivation is is that you're told that you should do it. Like there's <laughs> some of the, I, I like the primary story. I like the narrative, um, but I and I like the, the cast. I just just they fill these planets with just so much stuff that is not very interesting. Does it does it do the same thing like Mass Effect Three, where you might be walking around and overhear a conversation, somebody else talking about things, and then you pick up the quest? Does that happen? I, I actually haven't encounter that every single okay. quest that i found has been clearly marked oh, as yeah. like uh you know the old the old exclamation point over the head which is obviously very conventional but i don't have a really i don't really have a problem with it that's good and then hear. like it is kind of interesting where like i go into one cutscene and it's got you know strong animations and it's like i don't notice it doesn't come across as janky or whatever yeah. but then uh i was i was watching a pretty important cutscene that uh, I won't spoil it, but it's it's about the writer's parents like past like going into this game. Oh. It's like a pre- a pretty important cutscene, uh, and it was just it was it almost felt like it was unfinished. Like it, had, it, inv- it involved the character laying down on a bed, and like she still had that Bioware hair like not falling due to gra- it was ignoring gravity. It was like because <laughs> the character model is sideways, so it should have been like falling backwards, but no, it was just kind of staying in its normal position as if this person was standing upright and just the animation itself was just not very good. And like, so it, it still has some of that jank to it, but I kind of knew that it would have it going in, but I'm otherwise I am enjoying it a lot. It just, it has kind of the weaknesses that I expected it to have. So I'm not really surprised. Oh, okay. That's the kind of thing that, um, I think a lot of people are critiquing it about is that, yeah, it did feel unfinished. It felt rushed, which is kind of bizarre to think about considering that game. But it did, um, from what we hear about, it was like, you know, EA was just saying, you know, it needs to be out before the end of the fiscal year. So they really had to push hard at the end. I can only imagine what the crunch was like throughout that experience right. because that's already something that's under like high scrutiny. Like when, of course, developers have to be forced to. Uh, work long hours not see their families and things like that and you know there's always those comments about ea's way of doing things it's very hard-nosed so i can only imagine what they had to go through but and you know did you you may have heard about the talk about i think we talked about this before on the previous on another podcast but it was you know that they had a very specific way of doing things where they were really putting a lot of effort into the detail on the planets themselves but then at some point they wanted to go much broader and so they wanted way more planets that of course had to be kind of generated instead of handmade uh, in in many senses right so, I, I i didn't i didn't read any of those things thoroughly but wasn't um, the initial design scope of the game going to be more focused procedural based or, yeah. i thought it was it was supposed to be like there are not, not it's not no man's sky level but it was supposed to be like there are several planets and like people won't encounter the same ones or whatever oh, and then they right, kind of right sorry yeah and, and, that's and then, then they kind of then they kind of backtracked from that and made it more conventional because now it pretty much like i said at the start of my blabbing is that it plays like dragon age like each each zone in dragon age is a planet in mass effect andromeda and i think my to boil it down to one sentence i think they are just too big for what they offer it's just 
it's a lot of setting a waypoint, getting into your nomad, and just blasting as fast as you can to the other side of the map with not a whole lot there. I don't think big maps are inherently bad. Like Witcher Three had some giant maps, and I, I never found myself super bored in those. But I'm finding myself I'm finding myself bored in these maps. Yeah, it's, you're you're totally right. By the way, it's like um, it was kind of the reverse of what I said. Was that they wanted to be more broader scope? That's why the animations themselves aren't that detailed because they didn't realize how that would play out, and so that's why there's not a heavy amount of detail and then they, they had to go back and fix a lot of that up uh, with the patches. But, you know, it seems like no matter what Bioware does at this point, people are going to be so upset because of how disappointed they feel with the original release. But I personally, I'm glad that they're so committed, still patching it. I guess it's because, you know, we it might be a while before we see another Mass Effect game because it does feel like this is that one and done sort of thing with this universe. So who knows if we'll see another entry in that series. Uh, I don't know how well it did as far as sales is concerned. It probably did okay, but um, maybe at this point it's like there's not a whole lot of health left in that franchise, and so they might decide to move on. But then you think about you know how long and how how long it takes and how hard it is to even get sort of name recognition. So the idea of starting all over again can be tough. They do have Anthem coming out, which is obviously a whole new thing, but it does borrow a lot from other series. So just. Long- Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I I do like. Uh, I will just admit that I I like kind of like Bioware games are kind of like a comfort food to me. I like sure. the idea of going back to your home base uh, after your mission or excursion, talking to all of your uh, you know party members in order, ex- exhausting their dialogue, potentially getting a new quest, going to another place, and like rinse repeating like. That is just comforting to me. Just it's familiar. So I, I do kind of hope that Anthem has that. We haven't seen any of that. We just kind of saw raw. You're exiting the city. Here's your gameplay. But I hope I hope I hope it has kind of like the traditional Bioware feel when it comes to a you know five to eight member party each. Yeah. With you know, I just kind of hope it feels like a Bioware game because it doesn't really look like one. But. No, it looks like Destiny, which is clearly what they were going for initially. So we'll definitely have to find out. But other than that, um, you continue to play some Zelda, which they recently came out with that DLC that had what were the functions like? They added the the whole like back like the whole map history uh, edition and all and all the other content. You know more about this than I do. <laughs> right. It was a it was a pretty small patch, yeah. all things considered. And I, I call it a patch because I guess I, I'm already kind of giving away what I think of it. It. A lot of the content in that DLC feels like it could have been free. I'm not. I'm not. At this, yeah. I don't want to come. I don't want to come across like oh, it should be free. I don't want to pay for this. But I'm just saying, other games have offered similar sorts of functionality for free. So like the precedents there. Um, like for instance, I believe didn't Horizon Zero Dawn just add a hard mode uh, yeah. in a patch? It's an so, ultra hard mode because there was already very hard. Now it's ultra hard. They also added a new game plus mode, and that yeah, that's free. Yeah. So. Uh, but at the same time, it is a pretty good package. Uh, a lot of the DLC armors that they added are just kind of like gee whiz, like it's Majora's Mask or whatever, and they have kind of like quirky functionality. There, there, there's not a whole lot to write about that. I do think that the trial, though, is pretty cool. It's pretty much a new twist on the Cave of Ordeals type of concept. Uh, there's a there's an island in the base game called Event Tide Isle where you start with no equipment, no no weapons, no items, and you have to complete the quest on that island using starting from nothing. 
And that's basically how the oh. trial works in the, the, the trials of the sword in the DLC. And it's, it's an increase, like there's beginner, middle and master or final or whatever. And they're each considerably longer. And it's, by the end, I was actually kind of sweating because you're given a few of these ancient arrows, which are basically like light arrows. So they're either kind of like used in a pinch sort of thing. You only get so many. And I was on the last room and I, you know, it was always, you always wish that you had just one more of those, but I didn't. <laughs> um, so I was obviously like, oh shit, if I die here, I'm going to, I know exactly how I'm going to fix it. I'm not, I'm going to save a few more of those, but I don't want to start all over. Damn it. It kind of has a little bit of that roguelike type feeling. Um, yeah. You, and, it's, it's it's good and I liked it, uh, but it was you know it's over in in an evening or two. You know it's not just just the, the nature of it. it. You wouldn't expect that to take too long. It's doing the beginner trial is probably about half an hour. Middle trial is probably an hour. Final trial is probably about two hours more. Obviously, if you die a lot, um, but it it is cool. It does kind of add like some pure gameplay. Just you know ups the challenge and it does add the hard mode. Which I've heard a lot of people having a ton of fun with, and people yeah. are already people are already trying. Like I'm going to do hard mode three hearts. You know, it doesn't doesn't sound possible, but I'm going to do it. Uh, Sounds like know, a speed run are, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So people are already uh, going going head diving head first into that. Um, I'm not really interested in that, mainly because the way I the way I kind of think of it is like I have already got a 100 hour playthrough. I don't have a <laughs> lot of uh, incentive to start over, uh, like. So that's just kind of where I'm paused. But some people who are more into it don't have that issue. There, so yeah, I heard that Zelda Breath of the Wild was it's not like a traditional Zelda game, which is typically it's a very easy experience, all things considered, with the boss fights and whatnot that are like you know three hits and they're gone. Uh, but Breath of the Wild, I heard, was like a, a really big step up as far as the challenge is concerned. So the idea of doing that, as lo- along with the hard mode, when you have such uh, things like it doesn't have like encumbrance and uh, you know the degradation with the weapons and things like that. Still, like I bet that's even more so. Now that would mode. that would be a cool mod if it was more like the Fallout survival mod where oh, they inc- yeah. incorporated like uh, fatigue or hunger or something. Oh my that gosh! Would... Like that would be a pain, especially if you're caught in the rain. You'd be just like, oh, I need to get out Cause, of this because the, the, the initial <laughs> game starts difficult, but by the time you get some decent armor sets. Uh, and you kind of know how the food cooking system works, it's pretty easy to break. Like, for instance, there's a lot of, like, intricate recipes, and one of the omissions that people talk about is the lack of a recipe book. But, oh, yeah, I heard about that from Alex. But, like, some, but, but some, of the, um, some of the most useful recipes are, like, you find something that, for instance, a spicy pepper will increase your, your cold resistance. But instead of thinking, like, how do I, how do I intricately put make a dish out of this you just cook five of those together it's you know it's it's brainless and it works and like you find something else like a a mushroom that increases your stealthiness you don't know exactly what to do to it just cook five of them together and you'll get something pretty damn good like it's (laughs) it's it's it's, oh and if you want if you want something that just heals you and doesn't do anything else just take like your your basic raw meat you know and the quality of the meat goes up as you go in and just cook five of them together like you don't have to like really think about it it's easy to break so if they if well, that would be another nice tweak for a hard mode is if they made it so that, like, cooking five of a thing together didn't work as well as it did in the main no, game. No, like, the scale scaling would be completely different because they've done that in other games. Like, Neo totally changed the way that they handle scaling with uh, with stats. So I can imagine them doing something like that with Zelda. I knew with Alex, he talked about, um, 
you know, he would at the very early part of the game explore like a very dangerous area, I think like Hyrule Castle or something like that at a very early point. And so he would do it just so that he could get like some great equipment that you normally obviously wouldn't at such an early point of the game. But it was part of that sort of adventure and that risk that made the game so exciting. So having that well, all the time uh, on hard mode might be even more more so. I don't know if it affects the drops much. It seems like it mostly just affects the enemies. They have more health and do more oh, damage and, so they, just, and, and, they, like a, and they regen. So I don't yeah, think like cosmetic. the loot tables and the, and the, well, not cosmetic because like the, uh, the highest tier of enemy used to be silver and basically be like, it's, it's, they, it does the whole color coded enemy thing. It'll change color and it tells you, Oh, this one's stronger than the last one you met. And the silver Bobokins or Moblins would do the most damage to you and have the most health. But now there's gold ones. And they do more damage and have more health, and their health regens. So it seems like that's the major change: okay. is that um, the enemies are harder. But I don't. Th- I think if you go into your shrines and, get, and you expect to get like a great flame blade or a certain shield or whatever, you're getting the same items and they have the same stats. So oh, that would it would be kind of interesting if they did make it so that harder harder difficulties you'd have like higher rate drops and stuff like that. But you know, at the same time, it's clearly just for people who want a, another challenge after beating the game. And so by the time people are picking up that DLC, they may have already beaten the game a while ago. And so I can definitely see why they probably wouldn't want to do it that much because I, I guess you would just go straight into the hard mode and not think about it. Which, personally, I might I might be kind of interested, even if it might be a little frustrating to do at that times, uh, just to go straight into the hard mode. But apparently you need an expansion pass to get it. So that's... that's yeah, they're not, they're not about. separate. Yeah. And so that's the thing, like... This, I, I don't want to say obviously because people say different things, but yeah. this feels like the kind of, like, this is just the taste. Like, this is not the one, this isn't the DLC people are waiting for. No. Uh, people, people are waiting for that Champions Ballad, you know, story DLC, adds a dungeon. You know, it it's more a more traditional kind of expansion yeah. where this one was just kind of, like I said earlier, some patch type stuff. I mean, speaking of which, that's pretty much, isn't it supposed to be like a, uh, the Champions Ballad? It's it's supposed to be like a sequel. Uh, no, a prequel, excuse me, like where it follow. No, I'm sorry. It is a sequel. I think, I think that's right. the longest um, time people were when they, when they fir- When they first announced it, yeah. I think all they said was new story content, including a dungeon. And that's all it was. Oh, yeah. And then it was right before E3, I think, or it was it was late May, early June where they had the they gave the title, the champions ballad, and we didn't know much about it. So other than, Oh, it's going to focus on the champions, which made people think it might be a prequel. Cause those champions are the, are the people that Zelda worked with before the events of breath of the wild. Yeah. But, but they just recently announced uh, by a, 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 was it a YouTube video? I forget exactly. I just saw it on Twitter. It was, it was no, at the Japan it, expo. Yeah. That was during a panel. They're, they're, they're saying, no, it's not a prequel. It is a sequel. So I don't know if that means it's going to um, bring back the champions from the past or incorporate the, like the new uh, generation of, of champions, quote unquote. But yeah, it does take place after the main game. So that does seem kind of weird because it'd be kind of interesting to get some character development as it leads into the main story. So having it take place afterwards, yeah, I totally understand why people wouldn't be uh, ex- totally accepting of the idea of the concept of doing that, just because it probably isn't totally logical. Uh, but as someone who hasn't played the game, I don't know how it ends, but you know, maybe they'll make it interesting. But yeah, they did they did share some details about that and showed off some of the costumes that they showed. I think they had like uh the lobster shirt outfit from Wind Waker, I think was one of the costumes that they, they talked about. Yeah, well right. just, just mentioned, yeah, it was at a Zelda Masterclass, I think 
I think that's what it's called, uh, the uh, Japan Expo, which is taking, which is currently going on uh, this weekend. So hopefully we'll get some more news, by the way, from from that event. But right now, all they've said about that uh, DLC is that it's supposed to be out sometime in the holidays. Right, it's still just winter or holiday. Isn't it but... weird? Because like for me, uh, as someone who's super into Neo, like I'm still waiting. It feels like I'm going to wait forever to get to the second DLC, and I've already kind of dropped the game until that happens. And the idea that people would still be playing the game by then, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, of course, people picking up a Switch or the game itself, like, say, on Black Friday or before Christmas, and then having the DLC there for them when they want it. But otherwise, it's like, ne- oh. Neo's getting three DLCs and two are out? Is one, one is only one's out, and that's the only, uh, only one's out. Date, which okay. dropped, I think, at the beginning of May, I believe. It's It's been a bit, so... But I don't. They haven't dated the second one yet. I guess it's supposed to be out sometime, or maybe late summer, early fall. But they haven't said anything about it since then. And I think they've already completed it. So whatever. But that's that's just the idea of like waiting that long for DLC. It's like the Call of Duty map packs where Activision noticed that they were progressively getting way lower sales as the DLC was released for the map packs because, of course, people weren't really sticking around for that stuff. They were just getting into the maps that they were playing. Obviously, you can't really compare Zelda and Call of Duty because it's totally different things. Online community versus just, you know, story content like that. Um, But it was more along the lines of, you know, people still interested in that game because I'm sure by the time this game, this DLC comes out, you'll have like Mario out, you know, people playing Splatoon 2 in arms and stuff like that. uh, With the DLC likely to come out from that too. So I guess we'll find out, but, you know. I I do kind of like how some people played zelda like at launch day zero some people played it in the first month some people are still working their way through it but then like when the dlc comes out in december like everyone's kind of on the same footing people are will come back to it people will continue right into it if they're in the midst of their playthrough so it is kind of cool that kind of brings back people absolutely maybe does zelda have a new game plus mode oh no maybe maybe they'll do that in the future i don't know if they've ever announced plans for that but that would be because it's obviously it's a totally different sort of uh, setup compared to other Zelda games where you know you've got equipment and things like that which you clearly didn't before so there was no real point to it but I guess that I feel like it's the type of game that doesn't yeah, benefit much from New Game Plus it. but at the same time I thought the same thing about Witcher Three and that is a New Game Plus so it's like oh what oh, do I know I think Witcher Three really does benefit from that from all the items and equipment that you pick up and the money that you need to buy things so. That, yeah, know. but I again, I just look at it like, man, that took me 150 hours. Do I want to do that again? No. I mean, honestly, <laughs> so. once I beat The Witcher 3, that's like me for almost all games. Like, most recently I could think of is the only reason I played through Arno Surge again was because I was very close to a platinum. I'm like, okay, why not? Because it's hard for me to go back to an RPG and play it a second time. Just because, like, I've got my fill. I got to experience the ending. It was awesome or bad. Why would I want to play through it again? So I could totally see what you mean. So that's like, yeah, that's um, we've got the DLC 2 announcements. How many DLC packs are there supposed to be for Breath of the Wild? Three? Just the just the expansion pass that they've announced just has the oh, two. Oh, so, so be it. Okay, so. They haven't really ever used the words like final or last. Like the next DLC that's coming out is DLC 2 of the expansion pass. And maybe that is the last one. And nothing has indicated that they're going to make more. So yeah. it probably I don't know what exactly Nintendo's plans are for, for 2018 outside of like some of the games that were announced prior 
from their their Nintendo Direct that they had during E3 and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll see another Zelda game sometime soon because that's a game where it's like you know, because you know you of course you had uh, um, Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword both on the same platform. Wii U didn't get any of them <laughs> except for Breath of the Wild, which right. is just you know obviously a simultaneous release. So. Maybe we'll get another Zelda game. Maybe we'll get another like Four Swords Adventures and stuff like that, like a little minor game before the next big release. But I'm hopeful. I love Zelda. Yeah, well, I can see why Breath of the Wild took so long because it's basically from the ground up something new and different. It'd be interesting to see if they use their engine in a different manner, kind of like in the Majora's Mask way. It'd be interesting to to see that sort of game. uh, Like, are they going to... They've already stated that open they use the word open air i think instead of open world but whatever that design general philosophy is going to be zelda moving forward so it will be interesting to see like what wrinkles they go in to to make to still make it new and different yeah they definitely i mean it's clearly the design that they're going with a lot of their games like mario odyssey it's more like you know there's a hub and you can go to different places by um, jumping through different areas. I personally am really looking forward to that because we haven't really had a game like that. As stellar as the Galaxy games were, they were still kind of different than your Super Mario 64, Mario Sunshine sort totally. of. Uh, so, and then obviously 3D World was even more different. So it is it's exciting to me to go back to that because those were like the last two Mario games that I really enjoyed. I, I liked Galaxy One. And I played Galaxy 2. I don't think I finished it, but I, I just I enjoy like the more pure 3D platformer open areas that that Odyssey seems to be going yeah, back to. Yeah, and the fact that you can take over different things with your with Cappy, like to, to take over like a, any sort of living creature in the environment, like a Goomba, that seems pretty awesome. And it looks like it's got a, a great sense of humor and the classic mario design like very intricate level designs so it should be it's like one of the games that i've haven't really been i haven't really been into mario for quite a while uh you know it's it's just been kind of my feeling like i've not really been into the sort of the throwback so much i mean i should probably give them a chance sometime but honestly well i'm in i'm in the same boat i don't think i played new super mario bros like anything out of that line you Luigi, like I haven't played any of those because I'm just not because I don't think they look bad, but just because 2D platformers come in so many flavors already, but 3D platformers don't. I imagine so, I would have a good time if I, uh, you know, if I played with my friends or something like that. Like, problem is my friends typically aren't into Nintendo games so much, so it's kind of tough to really do do with that kind of stuff. But you know, there's some great games coming out for the Switch that has me excited because you've got you know a new Kirby and Yoshi game for 2018, so that should be really exciting. You've got you know uh, the upcoming Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is a series that I haven't really been into, but I should probably give a better chance at because I got into Xenoblade Chronicles X only for a little bit. And then, you know, you got Project Octopath, I guess, but they haven't really done anything. I expect to see more of that game at TGS in September. Uh, Project Octopath, people don't know, it's that uh, sprite-based game with the 3D backgrounds from uh, the makers of Bailey Default that was shown during their Nintendo Switch reveal back in January. So I hope to see more of that game. Um, but... Yeah, I guess, I guess we'll find out. But so is that all you've been playing? Is there anything else that's kind of on your radar at this point? 
Uh, I need to get back to near. <laughs> yeah. So that's after Mass Effect. I like how there was like a report going out um, that someone's like, "Yes, Platinum Games is working on a patch for the PC version of Near Automata, which is what you're playing." I was just like, "Uh, duh. <laughs> what would you expect? Of course they're working on a patch, but uh, I guess it mean that must mean that that game is still facing some important problems. I thought they got rid of some of it anyway. Well, like there's an unofficial fan yeah. mod that fixes a lot of. If that's if that's it, then yeah. Uh, are you going to wait for that patch to come out, uh, whatever they have going on, or are you, are you just going to get right into it once you're done with Andromeda? I'm probably just going to get right into it. Um, I like I, the fan mod fixed most of the issues for me. I had a few additional issues. Like I, the, I think if, I didn't look through all of the different performance issues, but if you had a 60 hertz 1080p monitor. The game worked yeah. fine. It's when people it's when people had ultra wide or six by ten, or or high refresh rate monitors, like anything that was different from this one standard. Like it was almost treated like a console game on PC, where if you had a sixteen by nine, ten eighty p, sixty hertz monitor, you're fine. But if you had anything that was slightly different, if you had G Sync or if you had ultra wide or whatever, it didn't work as well. And then the cutscenes were pre rendered and were like. They, they run at 30 frames per second, which is what they do on the console versions, but they were still, like, incredibly choppy. Oh, like, yeah, that sounds awful. Like, I, I, don't, I don't exactly know what causes this, but, like, if you have a frame rate monitor, it would say 30, but you'd look at it and you'd be like, no way, this is, this is choppy beyond all reasoning. And the fan mod fixed pretty much all the issues with me with the cutscenes, with the, with the aspect ratio. So, like, I wasn't really thinking of it, but I guess some people just don't like the idea of having to – it should work out of the box. They should be able to load it up on Steam and have it perform right. And the fact that it still doesn't without adjusting the files with a mod is kind of like, well, I'm glad Platinum will hopefully put out something so that you can just click launch on Steam on any computer and it'll work the way it's supposed yeah. to. But yeah, I, I played I played about five hours of that when it yeah. came out uh, and liked it, but then just got sidetracked by other uh, things. Yeah, it's, it's one of those games that... Um... I haven't really been able to afford to buy a new game, and especially after Anime Expo, it, it's kind of tough. But I uh, definitely need to beat that game before the end of the year because obviously we got to talk about it. So, and I'm I was so excited to play that game for years, and yet I'm here still sitting here not playing it. Well, but... it was uh, you know, around that same time you had Persona, Zelda, Horizon, everything. But else. I was playing none so... of those games. So I'm, I mean, I was playing Neo. Uh, you were <laughs> yeah, playing Neo. <laughs> I, I got really into that game, and it was. I mean, it's because I got to review it. That that's like most of my collection is games I've reviewed. So I've just you know been hoarding that stuff or stuff I got for free um, from presents and stuff like that is what I mean. So definitely a game I want to try. But I mean, for you, I'm sure like besides Nier Automata. This month, Trails of Cold Steel is going to be out on PC, so that might be is that that's the other game that you're interested in, I'm sure, right? All right, yeah, I am interested yeah, in that. Uh, Though, yeah, I'm I'm trying to go in it with an open mind. I really liked. I, I recently, not well, two months ago, played through Trails Third for the site on oh, PC, yeah. and I liked it a lot. Um, I look at the I look at people praise Cold Steel like in my bubble on Twitter or message boards or whatever. But like every time I look at it, I just don't see like the same level of charm that I do in, oh, the, in the trails in the yeah. sky. Like I'm, I'm trying to go in with an open mind, but like it's hard not to be skeptical just from what I I don't know. It looks I just I don't like the school setting. I don't I, obviously people who are listening that have played the games 
like I've, I've, I've had also some, some friends with whose tastes that I line up with very well saying like, Oh no, no, no. Cold steel and cold steel too, especially are stellar. So like I have that going, I have that in my head going in. It's just that, I don't know. It's, there's part of me that's just, I, I hope there are things about it that aren't as bad as they seem from an outsider's perspective. I mean, as someone who reviewed the first game uh, and spent 90 hours on it, I will say that it does have an extreme amount of charm. The problem is, though, is that we get to that area where uh, you're in a, you're trying to get around a community that is really building up a game, and so your expectations going into it are going to be super high, and so like any little problem with it is going to disappoint. Personally, it's that it's got the same issues that most Falcom games do, or at least most Legend of Heroes games, uh, Trails games, really have, which is it's got a slow start. But once you do hit the stride that that game uh, sets after like a few chapters, I do find it to be very interesting, especially because even if it is a school setting, um, the game does a good job of keeping you on tabs about what's happening to the other classmates, even the ones that aren't in your party. And so it's really fun to be able to run around and talk to all these people because that's what I did before any sort of advancement in the story is that I felt sort of... I don't know if obligated is the right word, but I felt motivated to really go around and talk to them before anything happened so I could see what's happening to the characters because the localization is pretty damn good. And so they all are great. The be- the way you can tell that a localization's done great is not just the fact that it was translated or anything like that. It's that they found ways to really bring out the personality of the character itself. And so even if you're just reading text, which, you know, most of the characters are only text, um, well, I know, actually, I know, I know like, the PC version, but I'm talking about outside of the main cast because they're gonna. Yeah, that's the big thing is that there's a way more voice, uh, especially with the main character, because it was the most awkward thing to hear. Like Range Schwarzer, like you would be uh, in the middle of a voice conversation, all of a sudden he goes quiet, but everyone else has voice, and so it's like it's a weird thing. Like he just went mute. <laughs> you don't know why. And so they did. Uh, I, I mean, they did definitely fix that up, but the classmates don't really have it. Like. Not outside of the main cast, like the rest of the regular classmates, they don't have voices, uh, period. And so, uh, but they, the way that they're written, you can really kind of tell even down to the accents that they have based on the writing itself. So they did, XE did an incredible job with that. And so, like, you would kind of hope that they're going to be able to also bring over Trails of Cold Steel 3. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say that. Hopefully we'll hear news on Cold Steel 3 soon. Because uh, I imagine that, you know, Nice America and even Axis are kind of vying for that game just because it's obviously the latest and they'll try to get in uh falcom's good graces in a sense by by trying to i guess bid on it but um i would say you know don't be too overwhelmed by all the other sort of um fervor around trails of cold steel 3 but excuse me trails of cold steel but um just find out for yourself, but just know also that the combat system is really fun, especially after a while when you start to unlock all these different abilities because it comes by pretty quickly. And um, the music's great, so that'll really draw you in, I'm sure. Uh, and yeah. Well, when I when I played the, the, the Sora games, mm. the Trails in the Sky, I remember like some people would say, like, oh, the combat system's just there. That's not what the game's about. But I like actually really enjoyed it. Uh, oh, I pretty like much it. any I sort of people had problems. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much any sort of turn-based system. Like even if it's boiled down to like some bare, you know, basic functional, very few bells and whistles. Like I, I just enjoy planning out a battle, setting up a character. Like okay, this one's going to behave like a tank. This one's going to focus on pure damage. This is how I'm going to use them together. Like that sort of that sort of stuff. Like 
tickles a part of my brain that action games just don't sometimes. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I, really, I, I really enjoy most. Very, I, I, if you ask me off the top of my head, name a turn-based combat system I don't like, I, I would probably be thinking, well, I just, I don't, I guess I don't have high standards for <laughs> turn-based. I just, I like, I like turn-based, round-based in all of its forms. So I don't think I'll have any issue. Oh no! And and the cool thing about Trails of Cold Steel, it's that the way that the combat system works is that um, it's all about you have like a circle on your character, and so a lot of it is kind of area effect style where like you, you're like trying to use a skill, and it's got like here's like a path where the skill is activated. So as long as the enemies are in this path, you get attacked one or multiple. Um, of course, some of them are just, you know, you're going to target one character. But once again, you know, after a while, you'll be able to unlock more and more skills. And the game kind of just throws you into it right at the beginning. And so that helps a lot as far as getting you sort of into the controls before uh, they really start the game. And so it, I think for me, I had a really hard time when I was reviewing Trails in the Sky, the original, because uh, it took a good while to get going. Um, and this, it's that it, the pace is still sort of uneven, um, to be brutally honest. But I think that as far as the opening is concerned, it, it gets fun pretty quickly. So I think you'll find uh, an easier way in for that. So, you know, once again, as long yeah, as... That's... Yeah, right? It's... Even if I was say that's this month, I'm looking yeah, forward to you know, it. Once again, like you know, uh, even if it is a school setting, I think you'll get into talking to the characters. I highly recommend talking to all the classmates just to find out, and they sort of encourage that too. So, right. I mean, I mean, that's what uh, the Trails in the Sky games like. That's part of the reason it took so long to localize because there's so much dialogue yeah, that changes just from. <laughs> so. That that should be interesting, but yeah, that'll be out this month. Um, yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll have we'll have more coverage of that game. It's still kind of a vague July 2017 release, of course, but uh, yeah, uh, the fact that it's got what 50% more dialogue, a voice dialogue, that should be pretty damn cool and better visuals. So uh, that's a really good sign that we'll see more and more of that stuff. Enhanced releases, not just street ports. We need more of that kind of stuff, and so it's it's good to see on Exceed. Um, and an Exceed like with Trails with Trails Third. Um, like they put the release date on Steam, and it was like within week. Like it wasn't. We weren't waiting a long time for it once it had a date. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so hopefully, you know, future releases will be kind of like that. Tokyo Xanadu, of course, just came out. And that's Axis, obviously, but we've got that. Then we've got the PS4 version coming out this fall. So even that is sort of a quicker turnaround, uh, especially when you consider how long we had to wait. Uh, I didn't realize this, but like a couple weeks ago, maybe just last week, uh, Charles and Sky the Third celebrated its 10th anniversary in Japan. And then you realize we only got it like a few months ago. And so, uh, yeah, just imagine being a fan of that series and having to wait so long to play it. Um, just the gap between one and second chapter was bad enough, but then, uh, yeah. So it's great to see Falcon being uh, sort of doubling down on the Western market as far as really trying their best to break through. And from all intents and purposes, it seems like they're being very successful at, at that, thanks to the efforts of Exceed mostly, and then you've got Nice America and Axis. So it's great to see that. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, I mean... To be honest, since the last podcast, I didn't really get a chance to play a whole lot. Uh, I did pick up... We, we didn't really talk about games we played last time because of E3. We just focused on that. But between this and the last time we did chat, it was... 
I got a platinum in Metagosod 5, which was mostly just Memorial Day was happening, and I got really into the idea of um, I had seven missions left to get S-Rings on before I could um, really do well. So I beat all those got S-Rank missions, and then I tried to get all the challenges, which there's this really, really poorly made mission, which is like a sort of a, a wave-based uh, mission that you have to like defeat all these tanks, which with me was just trying to get rid of all the tanks by... Uh, parachuting them away and then you can't have anyone you can't have quiet which is one of the characters in the game she can't be hurt at all and so i kept having to basically leave her far behind and do all the work myself in order to get 100 percent on that mission but i did get the platinum on that so i was excited that's only my uh i think that's my third platinum ever is platinum on that game the same as 100 yeah, percent? fully 100 percent. like you get the 100 percent side ops which is side quests missions and do all the challenges so the challenges themselves kind of vary but i just followed like a video guide and i was able to get all of them so it wasn't that hard and it's actually okay the reason why i ask because i've heard that 100 percent in that game is actually really hard yeah. but sometimes sometimes in games like the platinum like final fantasy 15 the, the platinum trophy doesn't incorporate as many side quests or side content as you no, think it might. It's not so like was... you, it's not a hundred, hundred percent. No, it's it's like you know, like do a particular mission. It's just broad strokes, right? exactly. Yeah. So, um, but no, I had such a great time with the gameplay in that game, despite you know people's problems with the story itself, which I thought was okay. Uh, clearly, they could have done more, and it definitely does feel like they ran out of time making that game. But I had such a good time with the gameplay that I had no problem with it. A lot of it has to do, of course, with the open world stuff that I was I was super into, just based on the design of it, which kind of bummed me out when I was thinking like Kojima can't really expand on this any further because clearly he's on his own doing Death Stranding. But um, for all it's worth, uh, I did have a good time, and I actually heard sort of a good response about metagear survive which is konami's thing coming up but you know that's a whole different thing i don't really want to get into um but yeah the only other platinums i've ever gotten is like this uh platinum arno surge which i talked about earlier uh persona 4 dancing because all you had to do was beat all the uh get get like the a good rank in all the um songs but you didn't have to like go across different difficulties you could just do it on easy and it still works so that was a super simple platinum if anyone wants a platinum that's like the easiest one of the easiest games to get it on um and i think that might be it yeah because i don't really i'm not a completionist myself like you are so i didn't really get too deep into that um besides that i also got started on night in the woods which is an incredible adventure game that came out just this early part of this year, uh, which people who don't may have seen um, some of the images from that game, which is like, you know, it's a bunch of cats walking around or different creatures like that. Like it's got a cat and a fox and alligator, all these different like uh, creature, uh, different animals that you see and lizards, um, but they're upright uh, and walking around town and stuff like that. So it's got this really cool, uh, animated style to it um the art direction it's incredible um but the whole concept of the game is you're this girl cat who's just come back from college she basically dropped out of college and so she she went home after that happened and a lot of it has to do with uh you know how much the town she come her hometown has changed since she was gone so it's something i can totally relate to having left to go to college and coming back and noticing a lot of those changes myself so this thing's like you know people have changed um the town has changed especially like the place like the hangout spots have closed down the mall that they went to is kind of a shell of its former self so there's a lot of that kind of stuff that's going on but there's clearly a lot more deeper things that happen like a lot of 
sort of bad things have happened and the game goes to some dark places uh that just makes it really fascinating and it's a very simple sort of game it's got it's a quasi platforming because you're able to jump around yeah, that, that that was that was my it's, question it's, like is it a platformer no. is it like a visual novel it's, or? it's an adventure game it's got like some puzzle solving and some jumping but it's i wouldn't say it's like a platformer it's just that there are spots where you jump up on but it's it's mostly just an adventure game you know a lot of it has to do with reading it's a lot it's got a lot of text for you to read um and it's about the atmosphere and and the the pleasantness and the music and once you know the characters there's a huge amount of character development in that game and the way that the story sort of expands um and the friends like you you come back and meet your friends who have also changed uh in different ways you get to know them as well and your family of course has got their own problems that they have to deal with that you sort of start to uh unravel and so it's it's got a lot to do with it and the game i think is Arguably one of the best games of the year so far from what I've experienced is one of those games that like instantly uh, captures your attention uh, from the get-go. And the writing is like really good, like extremely good in my opinion, because there are a few typos here and there, but that's because I, as a critic, I'm sort of, you know, I scrutinize it a little bit. Um, but there's a lot of like really funny moments in that too, like, like legitimately laugh out loud moments in that game that um, brings one like a whole other level of charm to it. And I found myself sort of getting uh, wrapped up in the experience. It was really hard to put the controller down just because uh, the way that that story twists and turns. Um, because the way that the game sort of works, it goes it goes through like a daily cycle. So like it goes like morning to night. And so uh, some characters will be here at a certain time of the day. And then like the conversations sort of evolve over like the days that you go on. So the conversations you have with even like an NPC, uh, you can follow like a, a thread with all of them. And so like just like one person who sort of uh, likes to... Uh, look up at the stars and you get to look at planets with them and another person who's like a poet and so you get to hear her different poems as she grows as a writer and then um just the townsfolk who have got their own poems like these people that are like part of like this council like the uh, a, a town council that have like the very you know stubborn about any changes with the community and the kids that are messing around and, and playing on the lawns like oh i hate those kids and so there's a lot of that stuff that's going on who is anyone who's been part of like a town like that can totally relate to but even if you haven't, if you've ever been in a spot where like you've been gone for a while and you come back home and you realize things have changed, there's just a lot of that stuff you can relate to. A lot of nostalgia, a lot of awkwardness, a lot of like not so, I guess kind of like teen drama, I suppose, kind of. Well, like, like, more like early I, I think a lot of people can relate to the idea of returning to a place that's so familiar that you spent, you know, your childhood two decades or close to that growing up and then going away for even two years, three years, four years, coming back and everything's completely it's different. It's even like, you know, yeah, like, exactly. Boom. And like, it's like, it's also kind of like, you know, if you uh, try to like, I wonder how my friends, like that person I knew in high school is doing, you go on Facebook and realize they've like started a family and had kids. You're like, wow. It's even like that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it's, it, it kind of leads into that stuff. And it does, it the way it's paced is, um, it, it's very well paced. So you don't get like launched into some heavy stuff right away. It, it you like realize like, Oh, something's happening here. Something's wrong here. That kind of thing. Who, uh, who's the developer? I forget. It's, it's a small team. It's like, one is, of the, is it, indie, yeah. is it an indie? Is it, is it an yeah, indie it's game? definitely an indie okay. game. It's only like 20 bucks on steam. And so, um, is that, is that what you're playing? On yeah. Yeah. PC? It's only available on steam. Um, I uh, think oh. maybe a steam. I, know, I mean, it's PC exclusive in any case, but, 
uh, yeah, I, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, anyone who's who's into adventure games or visual novels or anything like that, it's you have full control of your character, so you can like move them around and make them jump and interact with the environment. But um, like I said, there's just an extreme level of charm to it, and it's just top to bottom very well made. And even the art style, it's all 2D. So, but uh, the way the characters animate and stuff like that is is got. It really brings out their personalities in many respects, like their mannerisms and and the way they react. But you know, there's a lot of drama going on too, but like a lot of comedy. So it, it's 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 really fun to play. Um, so I'm I'm really uh, caught up in the, that whole experience. So that's something that I've been playing lately. Um, but that's kind of been the only game after after I'm done with that. Um, and, and of course, Valkyrie Chronicles Three, I continue to play. But outside of that. I think the next game I might play is maybe Valhalla because that's a game I got a code for a long time ago and I felt bad that I didn't get around to playing it before. But, you know, after all these amazing things, people are saying like it's their favorite game of all time and whatnot. And from people that I I respect, uh, it's something that I really want to get to, especially after spending so much time listening to the soundtrack, which is great. So that's probably be my next game because I'm kind of leaning more towards these smaller experiences after spending like 200 hours in Metagross Solid 5. Like I really sort of want to get into the smaller games again. Yeah, like those sorts of games I'm always super interested in. I just haven't taken the plunge. Yeah. I should I should just grit my teeth and just do it for <laughs> one of these. Uh, like, like one of the games that's smaller that I'm super interested in but I've just never like bit on a sale or whatever is axiom verge oh yeah you would i think you would really enjoy that game that's it's a really cool metroidvania style game. well I, I say that but i did actually recently last year play that um what, what was that other metroidvania that came out uh hyper oh, Drifter. Drifter. i did yeah. play that and uh, i enjoyed it a lot, a lot so oh yeah but it's been a while since i played a smaller title i mean like hyper Light drifter has so. gotten some patches so by now it should be a much better right. game. i yeah, i played it uh at right after it got its 60 frames per oh, second oh i think patch. you talked so about like that the best the best time to yeah. jump in yeah but i haven't played anything since yeah that's that's definitely one of those games on the indie i, I think i played um a titan which was another one of those games titan souls which was kind of like that same experience of like a top down um which was mostly like a boss rush, if anything. It's like Shadow of the Colossus style. Like, only bosses. That's the only enemies you really face in that game. And I beat that. So that should be something you should try out. Um, yeah. And I think that's what, us as a site, between now and, like, September. I mean, there are games in August. But, like, September, I think I'll be playing more smaller experiences and giving my thoughts about those. Because I feel like there's so many great games that we just haven't really put a lot of light on that would be fun to try out some more. So, yeah, that's kind of been it, though. So let's go ahead and uh, head into news. So um, we'll just run off some of these things that we, the smaller piece of news before we get into Anime Expo stuff. Uh, so one thing that happened, um, Fate Extella, uh, star of, uh, with an umbral star. <laughs> I don't have it written down, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. It's the, Yeah, it's the yeah so they announced uh, recently um, they'll be releasing that game on Steam on i think it's we don't have the date but i think it's july 25th i believe uh so one of the crazy things about that is that so the game is going to be out on the nintendo switch at the same day that's going to be retailing for uh 60 on the switch which is kind of like you know all right for a game that's already been out as of 
what January it came out in the West, and now it's going to be sixty bucks. It, but it it does have all yeah, the DLC. That's, baked that's the in, thing. It's got right? it's got all the DLC. Uh, I still don't think that's totally worth it because it's all costumes. But you know, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, true. it's that's so, all it is is costumes. It's, it's it's some level just yeah. So it's going to be that uh, on the Switch sixty bucks, which you know uh, that's the thing. I, I personally, as someone who's like a big into the Dynasty Warriors games, like I would like to be able to play those games in the go. The Vita versions of Dynasty Warriors aren't that great, <laughs> so because like the number the troops are low and there's not always that great experience on there. But that's the type of series I'd be totally into. On Steam, it's going to be fifty bucks, but it doesn't include any of the DLC. So that like ten bucks difference for that kind of stuff, like it, it's kind of a shame because when you sort of see a game come out like six months later on on Steam, spending like fifty bucks on that, I would personally, I mean, I would just wait until like that was stuff was on sale i mean it will be of a, a discount right, yeah i mean for most for most pc games you wait a week and you can usually get a 20 percent voucher at least at the very least somewhere. yeah it's got a launch discount so. but it's not significant so you know that's it's one of those things that uh switch owners it's an easy buy for them because you know 60 bucks but you get all the dlc but all of that kind of hinges on if you want bunch of costumes because that's all it is like i said like all the dlc is only costumes so if you don't care about that I guess wait for it on sale or something like that. I, I imagine the PS4 version and the Vita ver- was it on Vita? I know the. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Josh, yeah, Josh isn't here, but I know it came out on PS4, so I'll just relate to that. But yeah, that that game has been out for a while, and I think it's like thirty bucks on Amazon now, maybe forty. Um, so, you know, I guess I would assume that Nintendo Switch owners, that's not like their only system. Like they've got more than just that. They've got either an Xbox or a PS4. So, um, in any case. That's going to be out at the end of the month. So they announced that. Uh, we already talked about the Breath of the Wild DLC too. Uh, and also during, I guess this is sort of into Anime Expo stuff, but during that event, Ben and Emco announced Tales of the Rays, which is their new mobile game that's been out in Japan since uh, February, I believe. And so the big thing about this is that, um, yeah, okay, yeah. So Ben and Emco had a mobile game panel that was like they were teasing like a big announcement to be had. So I guess this is like Anime Expo straight up. But um, the big thing about that game is that not only does it have crossovers with a bunch of other games like Tales of the Abyss and uh, Graces and uh, Vesperia, I believe, and all these other games, um, but it's straight up supposed to be like a 3D console kind of game, but on mobile. So it's kind of like that right, Star like- Ocean. Uh, I'm Nem Nemesis. I don't know what it was. <laughs> a complicated yeah, name. Nem- 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 um, but yeah, we talked about it earlier. It's kind of like Tales uh, uh, Radiant. Scott, you you know the name. What's it? Uh, Tales of the World Radiant yes. Mythology. It's like a crossover game. I think there was like four total titles in it, but only the first on PSP was ever localized. Yeah. And so the thing about this is that, so yeah, they've got all these crossover experiences. Um uh, and and it's all about like they don't like it's not like a bunch of characters with amnesia they do remember the stories that they are a part of and the main characters are Ix and Melina uh, I guess it's pronounced Ix it's I X uh, which whatever but they're the main characters the whole original characters they've got they do have um, an all new linear motion battle system um, but it's supposed to be kind of basic as far as the controls are concerned. So I imagine it's like 2D playing style, but 3D visuals. So it's going to be kind of simple to just mash your way through battles. But I, based on the um, arms and stuff like that, based on the abilities that you have, I imagine like it'll get pretty intense after a while. 
and they'll have a bunch of music from the older games in this one. So that's pretty amazing. And there'll be limited time events. Um, I imagine you'd be able to recruit other characters as well. They haven't mentioned, I don't know for a fact if the game has like a gotcha system, uh, like role for characters and whatnot, but it's got a lot of this stuff that you would want from kind of a console based game, like, you know, top notch character design, voice acting, uh, animations, I'm, all that stuff. And the battle system looks just like yeah, Tales. Straight up. Looks, but, yeah, and so. and they're, they have been building this up for a while. And, you know, it's it seems like they're putting a lot of effort into this to sort of kind of uh, redefine the experience you would get on a mobile device. Kind of, kind of, it's like a wait and see sort of thing. But, you know, I'm, I'm interested in it. Um, it's going to be free to play. So I will play it. Um, I haven't really been too into the Tales series for a while. And, and that's not because I've got a problem with it. It's kind of... You know, just not having to uh, around the time Tales Games comes out, there's like other stuff I'm interested in, so it's kind of like typical or like it's it's like a coincidence that I haven't played it mostly. But that is supposed to be out sometime this summer. It's apparently just kind of like a single player game. Like there's no multiplayer at all, at least as of the time it comes out, there won't be. And um, though so far there's like I think they said there's like 24 characters in the Japanese version, but the game will be about six months behind the content of that release. So We'll have to find out. And you won't be able to transfer your character data from the Japanese to the English version. So it's kind of like Fate Grand Order in that sense, which has that same problem. It's like a regional server. So, uh, but yeah, we saw, you and I both saw sort of the, the footage from that, the Japanese version. And it and, and the screenshots they've already put out, it's definitely much better as far as what you'd want and compared to Tales of the Link. Which is very much a mobile game, which is just like, you know, two people to like uh, you and the enemy on two sides of the screen. And you just draw in a line through your characters to like line up combos. So special, but Tales of the Rays looks to be kind of cool. And so to be honest, I didn't know Tales of the Link existed. Yeah, it it came out like a year ago and I played some of it. But after a while, I mean, it it was pretty charming because they... The thing I like most about those types of games is that you'd be able to recruit characters, and there's a lot of original characters as well, but they give like a backstory to them, so you get to learn the history of those characters, and you get to set up your party, which can be pretty awesome. I've got some appeal to gotcha games. I don't spend money on them, but it's just, it's something about them, but, uh, cause they're addictive. But that should be kind of cool to see. I, I know obviously people are kind of, you know, shaking their heads at the fact that it's a mobile game, but, we just got Berseria at the start of the year, so I'm not really. <laughs> no, it's gonna. We're gonna get another one just, this it, year. Yeah, it does. It, it does. It does feel kind of out of pattern that Berseria is out in both languages, has been out, and we don't know what's next. Like normally, by this point in the timeline, quote unquote, we kind of know what's coming next. Because it came out like last like August, at, August, I think, in Japan, right? Right, and then like usually at Tales Festival, they announce the new one, or at least give you a title or a key art or something, but nothing so far, which is kind of just different. No, it's, it's definitely so. a lot different. I mean, they've got a whole, whole new producer since Baba's out. Uh, he's He started another company, so we don't really know what exactly they're going to be dealing with. I forget, Hideo Baba's working on like, is he working on Lost Fear or something like that? I, I'm going to... I thought he was. Uh, isn't he doing something with Square? Yeah, or something like now? he saw like a whole new like company. Oh well, but yeah, that's that's um. Well, my computer's locking up because I've got too many tabs open. Eh, but typical. Oh, but yeah, yes. so that's supposed to be out by the end of the summer, and so 
Okay, I've got it up. All right, yeah, so that's that's kind of the other piece of news. But also, um, while all this was going on, when we and everyone was preparing for Anime Expo, Nice America had a bunch of announcements that kind of came out of the clear blue. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That Was that also Anime Expo? Yeah, because they had the community panel. A lot of this is... I think all the rest of our news is Anime Expo, so let's just talk about that. Actually, I'm going to move some of this stuff down a little bit. So... Um, yeah, so Nice America had their community panel on uh, Tuesday, July 4th. Uh, me and Josh did not attend it. We were the only two people that on staff that went to Anime Expo this year. Um, Josh was sick, and I just decided I want to spend the holiday off. So we just waited to hear news about it. But yeah, uh, Nice America had some big news. So uh, we found out the fact that the longest five minutes, uh, that'll be... Uh, it was announced for the Switch, so it clearly seems like Nintendo. Uh, excuse me, Nice America has got big plans for the Switch because they released a Sky Five on it. Now they've got longest five minutes on there as well. And right now, it's just saying it's an early 2018 release, and they also announced uh, a limited edition, which I think that, if I'm not mistaken, all the games they talked about had limited editions as well, right? Um, to be honest, I don't know much about this announcement. Oh, okay. so I, d- I did see. Uh... There was a limited edition on. Let me look at. Yeah, it's like they got. You know, oh, yeah, Yom, Yom, Yomawari. I saw the limited edition, but not not for the other. Oh ones. yeah, so they did announce it. I think all the games do. So yeah, um, the longest five minutes, which is a pretty cool game. Um, it's Nipponichi. You know, it's it's an it's a nice game where it's it, it's kind of reminds you a little bit about uh, Half Minute Hero in a sense, I guess, but. Um, let me see here. I, I'm trying to like... Uh, oh. I'm sorry. I'm just like... I'm catching up about the story about this. Like, our, It says, yeah, our hero faces the evil... original, The origin of all evil, the Demon King himself. But he loses all memories of his adventures. So basically the whole game is about like uh, flashbacks. About the different memories that he's experienced during his story. It's got a really cool JRPG style. Like the throwback Earthbound kind of style to it. So it looks really cool. Um but it all it's it's all about the last five minutes, and so you're trying to like sort of pick up power before like the final battle actually happens. So yeah, it's it it's really cool style to it. But they announced that for it's already been announced um, for the PlayStation Vita and Steam, but now it's going to also come to the Nintendo Switch. So that's you know it's actually got a console platform announced for that as well. So that's we're already seeing like the real benefits of the Nintendo Switch. The fact that it's kind of Someone mentioned this before. It's like a Vita replacement at this point, you know? It's yeah, it's, it's like a Vita replacement, but at the same time, some titles, like, uh, eventually, we'll see the typical, like, Square Enix and Exceed and uh, other efforts that are 3DS titles will end up on it as well. And if if Sony doesn't follow up with a PSP3 or whatever you want to call it, like, it could have, like, an amazing library for fans of Japanese yeah. games. And that seems like, you know, a lot of Japanese developers are so Yeah, to to, 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 to to say what I said more succinctly and to make more sense, it like it, imagining the Switch as both a 3DS successor and a Vita successor in terms of library, and that's just could be really, really yeah, good. And, um, unless Sony decides to announce a new handheld because there was a lot of speculation right, yeah. that they would at E3. Maybe they will at TGS, but it seems like because of the fact that developers, and this is not just in Japan, but in the West as well, I've heard this plenty of times from smaller developers that they've really wanted to um, 
excuse me, memory limitations with the hardware that the Nintendo Switch really brings a lot of that power that they need to do those experiences that, um, and I guess it just seems like maybe it's it's easier to port rather than deal with like a console release or something, um, which I guess Switch is a console, of course, but it's like be able to have like that handheld experience still. Um, that's kind of where they're finding a lot of that that interest with. And so they've got, the Switch as a nice replacement for the Vita, even if it's going to still come out for the Switch. Uh, it's going to be it's still going to come out for the Vita anyway. Um, and so, yeah, continuing on, they also announced Yomori uh, uh, Midnight Shadows, which you just talked about. That'll also get... Um, it's not going to get a Switch release, but that'll get another limited edition. That was announced for October 24th in America and the 27th in Europe. So this was kind of the same time frame when uh, Night Alone came out, the original, which I'm super excited to play this game because I love the original. Uh, but you can clearly tell some of the shortcomings it had. So with the sequel, it should be pretty cool to see what they're able to do uh, now that they've got the opportunity. And they also announced... Uh, Penny Punching Princess, which is like, I think the money hung, uh, was it the money hungry princess, or something like that in Japan? Uh, they announced that will be localized. So it's definitely a, a sort of a dungeon crawler game, but it's got sort of that over the top style. It kind of reminds me of Cladoon or, uh, the recently released Cladoon Returns. So it's got, it's a sprite based style top down with a real interesting charm to it. And uh, you've got like a bunch of special moves and a lot of characters to recruit to your cause. And all you do is punch things. And that's kind of sweet. And they drop money. And at the end of the map, you count up the money you've got. And she just wants money. That's all she wants. And that's going to be out on... Uh, what, what system is that? So they, it was the, yeah, Vita and Switch. And so that's another one of those games. Switch. It's going to be out in March next year. So that's also got a limited edition. And funny enough, like... It's it comes with a collector's gold bar box, so it's it comes in a gold bar shaped thing. Like I don't know how you, where you're gonna place it on your shelf, but that's gonna happen. You even got like a credit card USB drive, which is they're really into it, which is adorable. But uh, it's definitely one of those games that looks like it'll be pretty addictive, uh, and so I'm I'm really looking forward to that as well. It's it's right up my alley personally. Um, and lastly, uh, Demon Gaze Two. Which is something that we kind of already knew was going to be announced, uh, but that was announced for localization as well. So it's another case where it'll be a uh, PlayStation Vita. It was only in PlayStation. It was, was it? PlayStation Vita exclusive in Japan, but they're gonna they localize it. It's gonna be on the Vita and PS4. Wasn't this the one Adam was playing? My brother. Demon Gaze. Yeah, he reviewed it. Uh, so uh-huh. he should know all about this. But you know, it's it's a first person dungeon crawler, just like the original is. And so um, it's got that style to it. I kind of liked it uh, when I got to play it. I got to play the um, the uh, preview copy of it. He re- he got the pre- review copy. I got to play the preview, and I got I thought it was pretty cool. Um, a lot of it, it came down to the character designs. There was like a ton of characters, a bunch of characters you can choose from at the start of the game to decide who your hero is going to be. So that's kind of it, it. Was like this game in Japan where like they only expected like. 10,000 copies to be sold, but then it sold like 100,000, so it was a huge success for them. And that kind of set experience uh, on a path where they're continuing to this day where they're very successful. So it, it should be interesting to see what they do with this. I'm not too sure exactly what the differences are between this one and the new one, um, but uh, they've got, I guess, a way to customize the story where you can set everything sort of autopilot, so you can just let the game play itself, I guess. But 
you know, we'll find out. That's supposed to be out sometime this fall. Uh, so that'll be on the Vita and PlayStation 4, like I said. And they've also got a limited edition for that. It's got like a cool box and a art book and soundtrack to it as well. Which is also nice to see like a physical releases just because obviously we're not want like with space as it were. And so like as, as we can yeah. especially on the Vita. So we'll find out about that. Well, the, the Switch only comes with 32 yeah. of flash memory or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Unless you want to carry around like a portable hard drive. I mean, you have to anyway. Or does does the Switch, you have a Switch, right? Like does it have like a... Right. I just, I, I just got a 32 gigabyte SD because I don't plan on getting that many yeah. for it. I know. When when it came out, people were looking for the best deals for two hundred and fifty six <laughs> yeah, gigabyte. Yeah, exactly. That's like that's kind of what I expected so, anyway. Um, and also, so yeah, that that's kind of what East America's news was as far as that's concerned. They also had a a Danganronpa V three panel during the show where they talked about the localization process and trying to really what we were talking about before. You know, they were truly really trying to hone in on the bringing out the personalities of the characters and the changes that they made with the localization. They had some fun with it. Um, one of the crazy things I found out during that event was that the size of the script in Danganronpa V3 is one and two combined. So it's one of the biggest games Nice America's ever localized because of that. Uh, it's got like as an outsider, why is it called V3 instead of just three? If the other ones are one I and think two, it's because they want to set it apart um, from because they had Danganronpa three was the anime, uh, so they don't want it to be t- uh. tied into sort of the. Um, the high school stuff because Danganronpa 3 was in the works as a game but then they decided at the last like I don't know how last minute it was but they decided to turn it into an anime and just sort of end the story about okay so so they're calling this so they're calling the game Danganronpa V3 so people don't go in expecting anime yeah that was kind of if I remember right that was their explanation yeah they wanted to completely set it apart from the uh the original games that was about I think it was like Last Hope Academy. I forget if that's the actual name, but yeah, that was that whole arc. So this is like a whole different experience. So that's going to be out um, in September for uh, PS4 and Vita. And so I imagine it'll be on, was it announced for Steam? I forget. I think I've got like the thing up here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, I believe experience is handling that. Yeah. So September 26th in North America, September 29th in Europe. So yeah, PS4 and Vita and I guess Adam didn't include the PC version in the post for some reason, but yeah, there's a new trailer they put out uh, this past week, so go check that out. But yeah, I, just the fact that the game is like, two, I think they said it was 2 million Japanese characters and like 90,000 lines of script and then like 60 or 70,000 lines of dialogue, like voice dialogue, that's... To me, those those numbers, like I need... Well, uh, did they say like they said it's one and two? Yeah, that's, that's what I so mean. That, that, like that, that that's more meaningful to me than the big thousands that, numbers because I don't know how many six thousand is or whatever. So but. yeah, they broke it down where it's like that, but also it's like a four hundred page book, <laughs> so a pretty substantial size tomb of 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 text to go through, which kind of shocked me just because I mean obviously these are visual novels for the most part. Obviously they've got like their Phoenix Wright courtroom stuff is going on as well, but um, I. I loved one and two, so I'm really excited to play three. I didn't get to play Ultra Despair Girls, but I heard like some some of my friends uh, talked about how uh, you know even if the gameplay wasn't great, uh, but there were parts of that story that really touched them. Per, uh, it really drove home for them, and so I do want to play that before I play the new one. But you know, uh, that's supposed to be out at the end of September, so I'm really excited to play that myself. Um, and Kyle, I think, is going to be covering that for the site, uh, so. 
and he he oh, loves yeah. that game. He, he's a big so. fan of those games as well. He's the one like he's like totally into the idea of like you know the scores that we gave the games before. He's like, yeah, that sounds about right. The tens, we gave them both tens, so I'm really excited. Like, yeah, Danganronpa is two of our five yeah, tens. Yeah, yeah. we or got two of our six or whatever. Yeah, we got the two Danganronpas, Mass Effect uh, th- uh, two, excuse me, not three, two, uh, Persona Four Golden, uh, Horizon, Nier Automata, and Zelda. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we've got so. seven games uh, that have gotten a ten out of ten, and we've Horizon. Horizon. No, I'm sorry, a that's 10? a nine. So yeah, take that back. Six. Yeah. So yeah, it was only uh, near and near Automata and Zelda Breath of the Wild. So we've got six games out of the uh, hundreds of games that we reviewed. Uh, that just goes to show how strict we are about that stuff. I mean, we get we got a bunch of nines, but that's because we understand, of course. Uh, it does feel like we've been getting a little stricter about our score system lately, but that's because. Um, the games themselves, as more, the more we play, the more we scrutinize. That just makes sense because um, we get a little tired of the same experience, especially in this era where the technology has never been greater, which you know, I guess that you can say that about any generation, really. So that was the, kind of the big news coming out of of that for Nice America. And as far as the rest of the news, um, hold on. The game they announced before the show really kicked off Little Witch Academia Chamber of Time uh, will be localized. That's a game that was announced for Japan. It is an RPG, but it's kind of like a Dragon's Crown style, like a 2D brawler that's got RPG elements in it, like leveling up, uh, equipment, skills, things like that. I got to play some of that during Anime Expo. And so the people who don't know, Little Witch Academia is an anime uh, that Studio Trigger, who made uh, Gurren Lagann and Kill a Kill and those shows, they made Little Witch Academia, which is now, I think it's wrapped up just about on netflix in the west uh, which anyone who knows that was a bad thing that netflix got it because they didn't do the whole like binge watch thing where they released it all at once they instead had to release it like week by week and so um it really sucked that we were so far behind in watching that it's a great show though i highly recommend people watching it uh especially if you like anime <laughs> uh I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think like i didn't know netflix did that for yeah, anything they do that uh, oh you, as far as like that yeah they they do that for that it's it's um, what what do they what do they gain from that i can understand like a broadcast wanting to do that to get viewers but like netflix if you're going to watch them in an order in you know, i don't I'd, know i won't I'd pretend imagine to understand the business behind that decision yeah, it's, it's probably a contract thing because i think the castlevania one they just dropped all four oh. episodes yesterday um i want to watch Ca- that oh, yeah, castlevania is i heard is really good i need to watch it too uh they just announced that the second season was announced like the same day that like it was like during anime expo as well during the panel they had um so the first season is supposed to be just four episodes because I guess Netflix wasn't too sure about it. But they immediately announced season two uh, with eight episodes. So it's going to be coming sometime next year. Um, but but it's got a really good style to it. But yeah, in any case, Little Witch Academia, Chamber of Time. They only had was a prototype on the floor, on the show floor because the game is supposed to be out next year it did feel kind of slow but i imagine that's just because it's the early going so once you've leveled up it should be pretty good um but it's got an, a crazy amount of like animation to it uh very nice cell shading to it like they really did a great job in nailing the look of it so i'm excited to play more of that game especially as someone who was a big fan of dragon's crown i got to review that game so that style i'm totally down for uh more people doing it so let's get into the actual anime expo proper so like i said uh me and josh uh, torres got to go to anime expo this year um and this was your second time yeah. each no josh what? i think it's third or fourth like it's our second time going as press which 
Uh, nice. It okay. was a way better experience going as press than you would as uh, just a normal attendee uh, because what happened was yeah I I saw some of the pictures of friends yeah. on Twitter like lines and stuff it's your usual convention swamp of people yeah so there was like a seven hour line to get in because it was four hours to pick up your badge and three hours to get into the event proper they did fix that on a little bit on uh, Sunday I guess they opened up more areas that you can enter from like the West Hall and the South Hall the Los Angeles Convention Center so they did fix that up. But next year, they're going to be limiting the number of 4D badges you can get. So that way, they're more able to sort of do crowd control. Because the game, the event is already pretty substantial. And as I was walking around, it just made me realize how much different it is compared to E3. Where um, E3, all they had was like those two halls, like the convention center itself. With Anime Expo, they also have panels at the Marriott, the JW Marriott, which is kind of like sort of across the street near LA Live. Um and that was so much better, but it was kind of a pain to get to panels because I was kind of rushing over. No, well, you know, kind of like PAXs where you have the surrounding hotels to kind of dilute the crowd a yeah, little bit. ESA, the people who run E3, would have really benefited from doing something like that because they have already got like people at. They've already got publishers at the Marriott having closed door meetings with like uh, Square Enix, I believe, is in there too. Um, but they don't have sort of games to play at those areas as well. I mentioned obviously it's it's a lot to do with trying to keep the place kind of clean and they don't want a bunch of people like a lot of foot traffic in that area but Anime Expo is totally about that foot traffic because if they're doing these panels I don't know in any case um the lines were severe but it was still it was kind of fun um to be part of that and we did get to attend some panels so uh some of the panels we got to attend was Ben and Amco's uh press start and play anime panels so press start which was mostly just re we showing once again the new God Eater, which was like a 15, 20 second text, I, I, kind of like a short clip mostly. Nothing really new. Like a, a teaser. Yeah, basically. they did confirm that it would have a worldwide simultaneous release uh, sometime next year, so that'll happen. They also showed extended gameplay footage of Code Vein, which is the new project from the people who made God Eater, which is definitely leaning into the Dark Souls design. So And legitimately allowed to say dark souls for this one because it pretty much is this isn't crash bandicoot this is <laughs> crash bandicoot you know what i'm getting at no <laughs> uh, okay well uh there was some publication that said like oh crash bandicoot oh. is hard like dark oh, souls okay. you really and were like stop for a second there. <laughs> okay let me back up like this code vein is very much an anime dark souls and like there's jokes about how everything is compared oh, to Dark Souls I, I, nowadays, I know, but no. how, how how it's lost all meaning or whatever. But like if you watch any footage of this game, it it is anime Dark oh, Souls. Yeah, like it it, it 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 just is, and I'm excited yeah, for it's, it. It's definitely like that. So you know they they just talked a little bit about the game itself, um, and then they also had besides the producer of uh, Code Vein, they also brought in the Tales of Berseri producer Yasuhiro Fukuya. And so he got to talk about that game um, and how is the, you know, the 20th anniversary celebration about that. And they also talked a little bit about the um, changes that were made for the localization that, uh, if you don't remember, there was a lot of controversy around that time about how they changed the way that uh, one of the characters, I'm not really going to spoil too much, but there was an important scene that was considered too graphic, I guess. Um, yeah, right, right, at the, right at the beginning of the game. Yeah, yeah, so. it was right at the beginning of the prologue, so that's where it happened. So, um they thought it would be a little too shocking for the global audience, so they changed it. Uh, they kind of just said that 
they didn't expect there to be an issue with that scene, but the ESRB, I guess, raised a fuss about it, so they did have to change it, so they wouldn't get... Uh, I don't know what rating they were expecting, because, like, Nice America, during their panel, they were straight up like, all right, we know we're going to get a mature rating, just give it to us. I think Tales of Asteria was a teen rating, right? I don't know if you know this. Yeah. What's teen or M? I, I don't know. expect it to be an M rating. I'm, I'm sure they got a teen rating from that, just based on the content of what those games are. So the problem was is that... so. Um, I made a joke last year that on our Twitter account, I run the RPG Zite Twitter account. So last year during the God Eater panel, they showed the last episode of the God Eater anime before I'd seen it because I was like 10 episodes in. And so like I was watching, I was like, wait, this is the final episode. This sucks. And so I'm trying to like block my eyes, but I could hear it all. So I'm like, I already knew what happened. This sucks. Uh, they did the same thing with the Presaria anime. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, Zisteria anime. So they showed like the last episode of the Zisteria, like the clips from that stuff. And so that was like another experience. Where I was trying to like close my eyes and cover my ears, but you know, it didn't matter anyway. So that kind of sucked. Uh, but yeah, they, they showed that and that was kind of it. They didn't really announce anything regarding Presaria or Zisteria, like a new project. So just like, uh, Tales Fest. Which, like I said earlier, is kind of different from what we're exactly. used to. Exactly. So that was kind of it for that particular panel. But they also had later on was their play anime panel, which, as it sounds like, they kind of just took all their anime properties. So they were showing different things like the new Naruto game that they had going on, the Little Witch Academia reconfirming that it existed. They also showed off uh, the same trailer for GU Last Week Code, which is the, um, excuse me, the remaster of the first three, oh, excuse me, all three GU games in one sort of bundle that's supposed to be out by the winter time. Um, they also said Gundam Versus is going to be out the end of September and uh, some Excel World versus uh, Excel World Cross Sword Art Online, which is already out uh, as of yesterday. And so it was kind of weird that that game just came out and we didn't get anything about it. So it was kind of just dropped on everybody. I don't know what the deal was. There was no marketing. Uh, to be honest, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about yeah, that. That so. came out. They also confirmed uh, the new Seven Deadly Sins game, which was just announced in Japan, like that same week. That's confirmed for the West as well, so that's pretty damn cool. Kind of didn't expect it at all, but considering they localize the Saint Seiya games, which no one really plays in the in America, it's much bigger in Europe. Uh, the fact that they announced that here was was kind of cool as well. But that was that was kind of it for that. They just had some giveaways and stuff like that. I didn't get anything, so. And then, yeah, exactly. Also, uh, shortly after that was the Axis Games panel, which I don't know if you saw the stuff, Brian, but... Isn't that the stuff we kind of discussed with? It was all, like, Ultimate Games. Yeah, it's like... uh, The explanation I got from somebody was that Idea Factory International is, like, a different thing from Idea Factory, so Idea Factory does their own... Like, they are willing to license this stuff to other companies if they want to, because International picks up mostly just idea factory and compile heart games but uh ultimate is i guess they just let whoever wants to handle it access games obviously finds a big audience with their uh visual novels so compared to their other games which doesn't really tend to do that great like their langrisser reincarnation which was garbage that they look like that i don't get but they announced a bunch of ultimate games so collar cross malice uh for uh the vita uh they also had Bad Apple Wars, uh, Code Realized Bouquet of Rainbows, which is kind of like, I think it's like a fan disc or something like that. But yeah, PS4 supposed to be out next year. So yeah, I'm not going to run through all of them, but they were like a bunch of visual novels. There was this funny part where like um, 
I was sitting next to uh, Azario, who writes for Dual Shockers, and they announced they they kind of showed the, a new trailer for uh, Jake Hunter, which is a detective visual novel series that's been running since the '80s. They announced a new, uh, a 3DS game for that. It was already announced in Japan, but they announced the localization. And so, like, me and him were the only ones who cheered for it. <laughs> no one else in the audience did at all. So, like, we're the only ones who cared. <laughs> so that was kind of... Well, I'll be honest and say I'm not familiar There was that. a mobile game that came out for it. Yeah, I think, I forget it was, like, a mobile game or a 3DS game as well that came out. Uh, that was, like, the first time it really came over here because it's mostly a Japanese property. I heard it wasn't that good. Uh, but this game looks... It's a new entry, so... And I saw, it looked pretty cool. So I guess I guess we'll find out what it's like but that was um that was kind of like the the big thing it was just a bunch of like visual novels that they announced nothing as far as like rpgs are concerned as far as i know so i guess that's kind of all, all they had uh, i already talked about the dungeon up a v3 panel uh manga gamer had their panel i don't know if you care about visual novels brian uh, I don't, not that I don't care, more that I'm uninformed <laughs> about that's them. Fine. It was like a late night panel too, so like I was there like at nine thirty. So they announced a bunch of games. They, did. it was kind of awkward being there just because uh, this is like an eighteen plus panel, and so we even had the wrist straps and everything. So it was kind of like you know they showed a lot of nudity when you were sitting there. It's like you look up, oh yeah, that's a vagina right there, a little. Like, <laughs> so we were just cracking jokes the whole time to ourselves when they were just being a part of that, but. Some of the big news that came out, uh, for people who weren't paying attention to that, if you like Umineku when they cry, they're, they announced that there's gonna, they're gonna put all four volumes into, uh, a physical version, and that's gonna be out in August, and pre-orders are already up for that. But, which is pretty cool, like, that's a very good visual novel series, uh, people who wanna know about a new one. Um, the anime is also great. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Umineko, the opening, is done by the same senior who did the Artunelico uh, vocals. So people like that series might like that. Um, one of the RPGs that they announced during that. So there's an actual RPG. Uh, it's called Evan, Evan, Nick, Evan Nickel, I guess. E-V-E-N-I-C-L-E uh, from Alisoft, which anyone who knows Alisoft, they've been around for decades. Uh, they do Eroge and Hentai and porn games. Um, but they have a new RPG coming out that is from the artist of the Senran Kagura series. So the guy that was talking at the panel was like, this is the Senran Kagura artist. If you drew porn, (laughs) if you like that idea, you can play this game. So the way they build it was that it's an RPG that, um, where like, I guess there's like a God that only wants you to marry one person. Um, but then you can marry multiple women if you become a hero. And so like they, they uh, like, if you want to do polygamy, be a hero. And so, uh, the design itself is supposed to be like a nineties RPG with an overworld and dungeons and stuff like that. And they kind of compared it to anyone who's played the Atelier series. Uh, it's got gameplay compared to that. So, um, if that, that's something that interests, maybe we'll cover it. I don't know. Uh, considering it's an RPG, maybe we will, uh, especially cause the same Kagura artist is popular. So, We'll find out. Another game they announced, it's a game called Space Live. So anyone who's played the Neptunia series knows that that's about um, consoles that have come to life as girls. And so in Space Live, it's the same thing, but with web browsers. <laughs> so it's like the, the leading web browser in this world that they built um, 
is like Netscape, I guess. And so they've got idols. They're all idols and they represent different web browsers. So the main character is IE, which is, of course, Internet Explorer. They've got Chrome and Firefox and um, uh, what's the uh, Apple browser? I keep blanking on that. Safari. Safari. They got Safari. So they all like got. I like how like during this manga gamer segment, that's the first time I feel like I can contribute. Yeah, anything, thank you. Is telling you what the Apple browser is. Yeah. So they announced that kind of stuff. Um, and also they had guests as well. So they had Itaru Hinoe, which is the artist for Key, who did uh, Clannad and those older, very popular visual novels. Apparently, Manga Gamer is getting into the game development business. They've been, you know, localization all this time, but they're actually making games now. So they're teaming up with her to uh, make a whole new game uh, that's also a visual novel. They showed some concept art and they talked about the uh, game, uh, the concept of the story itself, which is like apparently it's all about these fairies who go to this shrine to become human and fall in love with humans, and that's kind of their you know the evolution that that's like that's where they end up in life and that's where they you know that's where they finish um i guess at some point during the story they talk about oh this fairy she becomes human but then she goes to a maid cafe because she's curious but then messes things up and so she volunteers to work for that for them instead to um help with the repairs i suppose and so they said that uh, anyone who's liked the key visual novels, which there are a ton of really popular ones, they just kind of said, um, expect a story that'll be similar in tone, which they don't have the writer of the key visual novels. So I don't know exactly how they're going to be able to accomplish that, but we'll find out, I suppose. Uh, they did say we'll hear more about the other people working on the game later. And then they just went into QA, so that was about it. Also, uh, going into the next day then, uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi. He was there multiple times. He had like a fun fa- offense. Oh, I can. I, sorry, I can contribute here. <laughs> yeah, again. I know. I know that guy. Moved into this. So, um, yeah. Uh, so during Anime Expo, they had a Final Fantasy 30th anniversary show. Uh, I didn't. We didn't get to attend it because we didn't really realize it was going on. Anime Expo is kind of like that. They don't really do a good job promoting some of these events. Um, so I guess that was happening. It was like a two-hour celebration. Um, so apologies to people who were kind of hoping for some coverage on that. We just didn't know about it until after it happened. It was also the problem that a lot of these panels were sort of overlapping each other. So especially on like Sunday and Monday, a lot of the stuff we wanted to go to was happening at the exact same time. So we had to sort of deter- decide what we wanted to do. But I guess Sakaguchi was part of like three or four different panels. So we didn't really have a big problem. So I went to this particular panel, um, which was um, way more terror battle focused. And so I got to attend that on our Twitter account. I posted concept art that they showed off. So there's going to be a new uh, terror battle Yokotaro, who's the director of the Nier Automata and Nier series. And Dragon Guard, of course, and all that stuff. So yeah, I was gonna say, and Dra- Dragon Guard, yeah, 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 oh, Dragon Guard. Period. Yeah. So there's a new um, uh, t- event coming up later with him and Fujisaka, the character artist. Uh, that they they have a big event happening later this summer. So they also showed a lot of the first concept art for the characters themselves. So stuff that's that's been revealed in the past. This it's got some really cool art, and I always thought the Terra Battle game uh, had some great character designs with it. The only issue was that after a while, it just kind of became like the story was not really there. So Terror Battle 2 is supposed to be completely changed up the story itself. Um, so 
<laughs> there was also some really funny moments. I'm going through the Twitter feed, uh, so I'm kind of rushing this a little bit. But there was some funny things that happened during that panel itself. And so they start off it by announcing like the Mistwalker team, like uh, introducing people to them. And so uh, they said first. The president is me. That's, that's Sakaguchi saying that. It just shows his avatar. Apparently, the the avatar itself, that's what avatar he has right now, it's from the artist of the Seven Deadly Sins anime and manga. And so people would recognize that if they're into that series. So that's, that was like a pretty cool thing. Uh, and then they introduced his um, his games that he's worked on. So he's like, my games. And all of a sudden, like uh, the person that's with him, like translating, she asked, like, "What's your favorite game?" And so people were shouting, like, "Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy Nine, Seven, and all this stuff." And um, they asked, like, Sakuchi, "What's your favorite game?" Uh, there was that Mega sixty four video that came out where they made him say Final Fantasy Nine, and they bribed him for it. But he's like, "Party Wave." It's free to play. Go play. Uh, <laughs> it was like, okay. The surfing game that came out like five years yeah, ago. Yeah, like no one like really paid any mind to because it wasn't that great. But he's like, go play it. I wish more people played it. So um, during the presentation, I guess that like they accidentally uh, messed up a video that they were trying to show. And it went to the desktop. He's like, oh, my private files. Oh, no. My email address <laughs> is here. Oh, no. <laughs> he's like really having some good fun with it because, yeah, it was his desktop. So they were showing that. Um, and they did show that Mega 64 hip hop, uh, Sakaguchi as a rapper when he does the, like, he's got like the chains and he does the dance in front of the brick wall and he's got the Sakaguchi with his, like, uh, doing the surfs up, uh, motion with his hands. It's, it's pretty damn cool. Um, and, and yeah, they just showed up a lot of art. So, uh, and they did show, uh, gameplay footage of Terror Battle 2, which is supposed to be out by the end of the summer is what they're saying. So the design is a lot different than the first game. The gameplay system. I don't. Uh, Brian, have you played Terra Battle before? Oh, no. okay. So the I'm not going to go through the basics. I'm just going to say this for the people who have played it before. It's got a lot to do with like lining up your characters on like a grid, and if you line them up like an L shape or a T shape, you can do combo moves with each other. Like if you line up with like an L shape, you on the left side and you at the bottom, it creates a combo. So the way it works now is that instead of just going from battle to battle where it's on like this short like 10 by 10 grid or something like that, now it's like in an overworld where you're moving these characters up through like a valley or something like that. And um, you get to see the enemies on the field, but just like a turn-based RPG, like a Tales game, you can see where they are, but you can sort of like as you move up to that area and you're kind of dragging yourself through up to the areas before you initiate combat, you can sort of move your characters to set up the um, space that you would appear on the um, when you actually go into battle itself. So it's kind of like, you know, in a strategy RPG where you can set where your party members stand before you initiate the combat itself, like before you begin the, the, the battle itself. And this is that you can kind of move your move the blocks around the where the enemies are so that they're moved further away from the boss or like they're set up in a spot where you can instantly set up a combo that kind of thing and then you can also before you get into combat itself you can also because like this is like an overworld that you're starting off as and you go into it you also get to use items and set up your equipment and all this stuff before you trigger the combat so there's a lot of new mechanics that weren't in the original in the original it's like you know you like you have to do all this and then go into battle and then get bumped back to the homepage or whatever and then it was all broken up like this. And this, it's way more cohesive. It's a lot more dynamic like that. And uh, there's a lot of these events that are happening. So it's way more like sort of a traditional design, you know, like the way it works. Uh, that's kind of their motivation with this is sort of introduce 
uh, far more traditional mechanics as opposed to like the very obvious free to play stuff. Anyone who's played like a gacha game or any sort of mobile uh, strategy RPG or whatever, the very uh, t- typical stuff. It's way more console design in a sense, even if it does still have a lot of the stuff, the free to play mechanics that you'd expect. Um, so it's pretty cool and. Sakaguchi even said himself, Terror Battle is supposed to be his Final Fantasy. Like, he's building it up as a, as a franchise, so expect 2, 3, 4, 5, that kind of thing. Um, and he's got Terror Wars, which is supposed to be like a claymation design game. Um, there's apparently a new trailer I haven't seen. Isn't there also a Terror Battle World? That, or that's Terror like that? Wars. That's Terror Wars. Uh, he did say okay. that um, he was going through the starter, uh, the stretch goals that... He, of from back when when terror battle was first announced when he had like all those stretch goals like a number of pre pre-orders that or pre-registrations that he got like it would unlock new characters and uh music and stuff like that he got to the near top where they announced that there would be a console version and this is something that you know people talked about before and he just said something like you know the console version was his weak promise and he felt sort of ashamed about that he didn't follow through with it but he was announcing at that time that pre-production had wrapped up for a console version of terror battle so apparently that is happening and we'll hear more about it very soon uh so that's that's like a thing and um hopefully we'll get to hear about it um like i said sometime soon and they did confirm that there'd be a terror battle 2 download starter i know they had uh they said that they wouldn't announce everything at once like they did before uh all they would show is that they would have uh, an artist, uh, Miura Komatsu, which is a very who's a very famous uh, artist that uses can paints a lot. She like draws with her hands, you know, just like spots a bunch of paint on a on a canvas and just draws with that. And there's a chalk artist that's very famous in Japan. They're both helping make characters as well and, and designs and stuff like that, monster designs. So that should be pretty cool. And maybe they'll have Yokutara again. You know, apparently they've got a good relationship now. And it's. The way that the story is set up is that it's it's in fifty. Cha- it's like I guess they said there's fifty chapters for Terra Battle Two, but they're doing it like an episodic release, and that there'd be a new chapter each week is kind of what they're thinking of, and so you would just play through that. And there's a much higher emphasis on the story itself compared to the first game, which was just like you know a few lines of text and throw it away, whatever, not really paying attention. I just want to get into battle. It's way more story heavy for sure. Uh, which should make for a much better game because that's probably one of its biggest weaknesses in the first game. Uh, I hardly remembered it. It's like Record Keeper 2. Like, I hardly remember the story in Record Keeper. It's just mostly just jumping into paintings. Um, and then they showed the uh, Terra Battle 2 debut trailer, which apparently was made in, by a single person in CG. So that's pretty damn impressive. Um, and I think the last thing they did really got into was the Q&A. So there was, there was some kind of st- uh, cool questions that were asked. The problem is like the first question that was asked. Uh, I I kind of noticed this in the other Q and A sessions I attended from other panels. Where so the first question the guy asked was like, "What were the production difficulties with Final Fantasy Spirits Within?" I really liked the visuals, but the story was so underwhelming. What happened that made it fall apart? And I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like he was really going at it. I was like, "Dude, that, that's don't ask that." Kind of... <laughs> it was just saying like, "Man, it really sucked. What happened?" And he was just saying like, you know, at the time it was difficult to make a, a movie like that. Like the stuff you can do now, you can do on a MacBook as of today. He didn't really answer the question like the problems with that. He just kind of made it sound like the story was garbage. And Sakuji's like, I love story. What are you talking about? So it was like <laughs> a one very deflective yeah, answer. It was, it was it, the guy was 
it was kind of a, a, a mean question to ask. You know, it's like, don't, don't ask that stuff here, man. Just ask something that people want to hear about, not about the problems with spirits with them. That's like a, a thing you would find, like a documentary somewhere. And he's not going to badmouth his own movie. Like, duh. So it was, it was kind of a weird time to be asking that. Um, and you also got a question like, uh, so these games are good. When are you going to go back and make in high profile console games? Like the thing you always hear complaints about when you get like one of these announcements. Uh, yeah, and that's Miss, Miss Walker is never going to no, escape that. No, totally not. Especially because they're kind of dedicated to that. He did say, uh, maybe the console version of Terror Battle will be their high profile console game that people want. I guess. It kind of depends. Uh, like I'm in my head, I'm expecting just a straight port of Terra Battle, but with a gamepad support. But maybe they'll do 3D models with that stuff, uh, which would be kind of cool. Like the way that if they do like that with, um, I just don't know how that battle system would really work in 3D. But you know, I'll leave it up to them to decide. Because Miss Walker doesn't really do games by themselves anyway. Like they always have someone else helping them. That was what like you know Last Story was all about, right? And blue dragon and stuff like that like they always had another partner that helped them make the game itself so that can totally still happen you know and i think one of the other questions actually just closed it but one of the other questions was like um uh would you consider working on another final fantasy game which was like a question like i was like oh well cool i didn't think about that that'd be uh cool to hear about uh and if i'm not mistaken it went something like you know he recently uh, spent a lot of time with Tabata, the director of Final Fantasy XV. Uh, they got a good uh, conversation going, a good friendship happening. He's like, you know, when, if they ever want me to come on, I'd, I'd be happy to help. So, like, that door is open if ever Sakaguchi wants to come back and help them make another game. Which, you know, heard about his stories about, you know, he would love to make a new Chrono Trigger. But then the higher-ups in Square Enix at the time, or Square Soft at the time, uh, shot, down, shot that down. And so... If they brought back Sakaguchi and Nobu and other people to, you know, maybe work with, who knows, like even Tokyo RPG Factory to make a new throwback Final Fantasy game or other style game, that'd be pretty damn cool. <laughs> like, that was like a dream idea in my, uh, in my head when they announced uh, uh, I Am Setsuna. It's like, what if Sakaguchi teamed up with them? So I personally would love to see that kind of thing. Or even like, you know, a new Final Fantasy We'll see. Like the apparently Yasumi Matsuno is back in good graces because he's making that Final Fantasy fourteen. He helped make that uh, raid or whatever with uh, Stormblood. So be a pretty cool thing to see. I don't know. Eventually, we'll be able to talk about Stormblood on here if those people stop playing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they're so caught up with that. Um, I don't want to spend too much time with the other anime stuff because you know that's you know I got to see Violet Evergarden on the Card Captor Sakura premieres both. Incredible. Violet Evergarden is the new uh, anime from the people that made um, Kaon and uh, Euphorium and, and like all these uh, and Hari Satsumira. It's it's um, one of the best anime studios in the business, Kyoto Animation. So Violet Evergarden is like basically movies quality production in an anime series. So that's going to be out early next year uh, premiering. Also into the studio trigger panel, which was great. Uh, like someone as me as a big anime fan, it was great. They had Inferno Cop, apparently it's coming back, and they had like a Donald Trump <laughs> parody, which is just like a person with like an iron baguette on his head. It was really bizarre. And he just like him shouting at the screen and like basically cutting Inferno Cop in half and leaving him to die. It was such a bizarre ass thing. And so I took video footage of it on our Twitter account. So anyone who was interested, just do an RPG site search for Inferno Cop and you'll find it. 
and outside of that, uh, went to the Neptunia panel, which was mostly just more conversations about the stuff that I've been working on. It was mostly a time for Sunako and Mizuno to talk about uh, the upcoming Cyber Dimension and the experience they had with that, which was mostly just, you know, behind the scenes stuff like uh, Sunako, who not only does character designs, but she also does some like um, help with the Q&A. Uh, she talked about how one of the bugs was like, every time you attacked, the character would fly up into the sky further and further. And so she talked about how she'd be able to see the entire map. So maybe in the future they'll have a game where you could fly. <laughs> so I just thought that was a bizarre bug. Um, and they also had the East eight panel, which they brought in uh, president condo of neon Falcon to talk about the game. And so, um, it was at that time I realized Adol Kristen, the first time he's got a voice, it's Johnny on Bosch as the main character, which is like, fuck. Oh, is it fuck, really? Yeah, uh, I, heard it. I, I instantly recognized it. And for anyone who doesn't know... Already a reason to dislike <sighs> Nice America. I don't know. It's, it's like a thing. Like Anyone who doesn't know, Johnny on Bosch has been a voice actor for decades. He's been in pretty much everything you can think of uh, as the main character, like... Persona 4 is the main character, or no, Sergi's the main character, a bunch of anime that he's been in, like Eureka 7, which is coming back, uh, he's, he's the main character in that, Bleach, Bleach Arkwrights Fantasia, he's in a ton of uh, games and anime where he's the main character, and so hearing his voice, that's why you can really recognize that like, a guy in his 30s or 40s trying to sound like a kid, it's just, like... but they did, they, they did go through, um, a gameplay demo with that. They announced that the silver armor for Adol will be DLC in the West as it was in Japan. Um, they also had gameplay footage of it. So anyone who's interested, both the gameplay footage for East eight and for, um, what was the other one I took of? Oh, terror battle two. Uh, I took both of those and they're on our YouTube channel that people, whoever are interested can check that out, uh, which is at youtube.com slash RPG set net. So both, uh, the, uh, Terror Battle 2, it was actually played by Sakaguchi, and then East 8 was played by the President. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get the full boss fight, which at the end of it got pretty exciting, so I do apologize, but I was running out of space, because I broke my other phone, so I had to stick with this smaller phone that's got like 16 gigabytes of space, and I don't know if you know this, that phone, it was like, after like a few minutes, was taking up like a gigabyte <laughs> of space, so it was uh, I guess a little too high quality, but uh they did say that um, they just talked about the story pretty much during that panel and uh, about Dogi and how he's always around to save him and about the challenge, how challenging it is and how people should play on the nightmare mode. But the programmers got really crazy. So nightmare mode with that game is apparently very difficult, <laughs> extremely difficult. And um, yeah, so East eight will be out sometime. Isn't like first week. Yeah, of I, got, I, I got to, I got to play that at E3 oh, yeah. and well, look, while it looks good, it still just kind of looks like iterative. Does that make That's, sense? Yeah. It's, it feel it, it, it plays like Celsetta, which plays like Seven did. Like, it doesn't seem like it has a ton that... I mean, I'm not saying that every game has to invent the wheel, but it's just kind of like, if you've played either of the last two games, you kind of know what you're getting oh, into. totally. Like, so, Trails of Cold Steel uh, 3 looks a lot like Trails of Cold Steel 2, even if it's supposed to be, like, a big deal. So, yeah. That's it's one of those things like the, the one thing I do like about East 8 is that um it's obviously initially a Vita game and like it didn't come out for PS4 in Japan like has it yet like there was a long delay before it's between its Vita release and its PS4 release or something yeah. like that. Um, but anyways, like so obviously it was built with the Vita limitations in mind. So like in the demo for it, I was fighting against this chameleon monster whose attacks yeah. were like incredibly 
incredibly well telegraphed. Like he would obviously move his head to the left, so you would want to move your character at all to the right. Um, like it, it's 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 it, in a way it feels kind of janky. Like it doesn't feel like smooth. It doesn't feel like a tales game where the tells and the aren't so obvious. But when you kind of go into the mindset, like okay, this was a Vita game. It it's not a PS4 native title. It's it, it does kind of justify it a little bit, and it, it works well with the limitations that it was made within. If that oh, makes no, sense, it is, it's so. definitely um, that's what Falcom does, like a natural thing. Like that's one of the big critiques, especially about the Cold Steel series, that you can definitely tell they took shortcuts, which you wish they did. And that's what X8 is trying to fix with the PC release, because they wanted to make like add additional dialogue, but the programming wasn't really there, so they couldn't do it at the time. But now, what they're doing it on Steam, they're putting it back in. So that's kind of there was their plan all along they just didn't really get a whole lot of help and that's why you won't see that be patched into the other releases because falcon isn't hasn't contracted them to put it back into like the the vita or ps3 release so that was the big thing even if um some people will be upset about that decision that's kind of you know that wasn't really falcon's you know prerogative in the first place so i guess we'll find out and, you know, uh, they did kind of talk a little more about the game during the Q&A that happened afterwards. Like, some guy asked, would you port ETH 8 to the Switch? And he's like, I feel that the Nintendo Switch is a very Nintendo-like system. <laughs> Which I thought was like, you know, it, was like, it almost sounded like a slight against it. Like, uh, they had no plans to do it. He said it, he meant it in a good way, but... It doesn't really seem like Falcom's got much interest in the Switch as of right, right now. Right? Like, is there any? Is there is there any history at all between a Nintendo yeah. platform and a Falcom I mean, title? East Three Wonders of East was a Super Nintendo title, and that's the game I played. So it's definitely been uh-huh. there before. But after that, it was like you know, Tipper Graphics and uh, PlayStation and that, like that, and PC. Of course, they were they were deep into PC up until like a decade ago, and then of course they got into like psp and vita so no it's been mostly placed well kind of kind of a related topic yeah like zway is being ported and that was falcom's last true pc yeah game. east 2 plus which was the one of the last ones that's what we're getting the version we're getting is that version so that's technically yeah it was the last big pc game and that's sometime this yeah summer. And, and you know they're that's they're kind of getting back into it with the help of western publishers so that helps uh they also talked about you know some guy brought up, um, would you be willing to remake East 5? Because after the release of like a new East game, they went back and redid like uh, an older East game. So East 5 has just been kind of sitting there. And he's like, I, he's like, someone asked that. And he's like, I've, been, I've gotten that question like four or five times this week. Uh, and so he said he would, he kind of just kind of basically said like he would really love to do it um, and left it at that. So, well, if, if my brother was here, uh, he would say like, "Oh, that's a diplomatic answer because they don't want to just shut the door on that forever." Though it is kind of a justified question because isn't East Five the one title that doesn't have any sort of official English no, it's version? The only one, really. It's got the fan. It's got the fan patch. But that's yeah, the they. So. But they. The interesting that they said it just seems like an inevitable thing that's going to happen. One of the cool things they said was that so they had uh, the East Five game document. They still have it. Uh, in their office like he said he had it like in his drawer in one of his s drawers um and he said there were things in there in the original game design document that weren't actually in east 5 when it came out and so if he does if they do a remake he wanted to incorporate those things that they had to cut into the remake which is awesome like that's an enhanced remake like you don't see that kind of stuff that much it's mostly just you know um uh 
on like Square Enix style, like redo the soundtrack or whatever, or just uh, add in a couple more elements, but mostly just stick with what was like released in the international version or whatever. And this, it's just like they want to add stuff that was completely missing. So that would be pretty amazing. Um, so it it just seems like that's going to happen eventually. So, All right, well. Whatever Falcom's doing with that series, they hardly ever go sequential. Like it's unlikely and against precedent that the next game in the title will be East Nine. It's just not. That's not how they do it. So, I mean, you just have to look. Like they they released East Seven on PSP and then they remade Four before going into Eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's just kind of how they roll with that exactly. series. Exactly. And and you know it's, they also just so, said you know with the series itself, it's like when they first brought out the East games to the West back in like you know the Mega Drive and the PC Engine days or Topographics days, they didn't know whether the West would even like JRPGs, which at the time, you know, that was like, you know, like at the time, like Fantasy Star and Final Fantasy, like those were the only real ones. And that even then they weren't like super popular. And so all these years later, uh, Falcom has gained incredible popularity. And so they said they were kind of, you know, excited to be there in Anime Expo and it made them uh, way more motivated to be able to release games more in the West. So, uh, and they even they even mentioned that the Kaseki fans. So that's a real good sign for localization, you know, like they're, they understand there's a lot of trails fans in the West. So Chosen Cold still three seems like it'd be a pretty quick turnaround on out in Japan. So we don't have to wait ages <laughs> for it. Like last time. Well, I just hope like, I am really interested in that series. I kind of poo pooed on it earlier, but like, I love the, the Sora series or not the Sora no yeah. Kaseki. That's Trails in the Sky, right? Yeah. Like, I love that series. I actually, I don't know if this is a conventional opinion or not, but I really like third over one and two. I think um, that's what Josh but all too, of, yeah. So it's not really. But all of those are, like, stellar games. So I'm excited for Cold Steel uh, 1 for PC, and then I hope 2 follows relatively soon. Did they, did they um in that press release, did they ever say that 2 is coming, or is that kind of a... Up in the air. No, they haven't on, announced anything regarding on two on PC, but that seems like okay. that would be just like the Disguise series. Uh, it, it seems like it would be an eventual thing. Who knows if they'll do like extra work on it, like they did the first one, but because of how successful the Trails of Cold Steel will likely be, just because there's a lot of excitement around it, um, it seems like that would eventually come there as well. Um, I need to play two. <laughs> I only played like a couple hours of two, so I really need to get back into that, but... Um, I kind of hope that they would do as much effort to that, but that would mean we'll have to wait a while. And hopefully Exceed will be able to pick up the rights to the third game because, you know, as much as I love Nice America and Axis, it just would be, it wouldn't be right unless uh, Exceed would be doing that particular game. I know that would really bum out. Johnny Young Bosch. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a bummer, but. I'm just, even if that wasn't their decision, like I'm going to still pair that, those two things hey, together. you know. That's just what happens. I mean, Exeed would probably do it as well. Exeed, I think, has used Johnny on Bosch in the past as well, so it's not like too surprising. Um, but yeah, that was Anime Expo. Uh, we've been talking for a good while, but that's because there was so much stuff coming out of that event. It was so exciting. Uh, I had a great time. I highly recommend anyone who's interested in anime or video games to check it out. There's a lot more video game news than you would expect there, and there's like they gave out a lot of stuff. So it was it was good just for having a bunch of fan goods as well, and the stores there were pretty cool. Um, got to meet a lot of PR people, a lot of friends from other sites that we got to meet with, which was pretty great, uh, being able to see them again. It's really cool. And there's this community aspect that everyone is a part of that's really fun. It seems it's way more interesting uh, than E3 has been for me uh, these past few years. Well, 
you, you like cosplays something you'll see oh, there yeah. and not at e3 absolutely, absolutely. tons of cosplays and basically everyone wanted to take the shot out to little tokyo because they're a bunch of weebs so that's that's what you get at that least so that's it for the podcast i don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about um i kind of talked about what i've been playing uh so not and i talked about the news that interests me mostly cold steel coming out on pc so not 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 the top of my head no there's no breaking news. Let me just quickly check real quick to see if there's anything breaking. Uh, check the feeds. Check the feeds, but just basically check uh, other sites. Yeah, I mean, Kapal Hard announced a new game, Death and Request, which looks like a much darker Fairy Fancy F, but that's kind of it. Letters on Steam. Yeah, just the stuff you'd expect. Destiny 2 going into open beta later this month. Some yeah, some Monster Hunter World footage was posted by Capcom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Destiny Two is uh, open beta on uh, July eighteenth uh, and July twenty first. I know a few people who are going to fall off the face of the earth. Yes, or, exactly you know, right. That's, that's speak to have your last meals with them July seventeenth because <laughs> yeah. you won't see them for a long time. That's after what that, I expect, so. uh, or until the the thing's over with. So that's yeah, that's that's any anyway. That's that's kind of the big news here. So let's go and wrap things up then. So uh, where you can find us, you can always find us on rpgsite.net. You can find us on Twitter at rpgsite, on facebook.com slash rpgsitenet. Once again, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash rpgsitenet, which we still continue to have the Valkyria Chronicles 3 video. I couldn't do one last week because of Anime Expo, but I'll have a new video up tomorrow for that. Um, Adam also put up a great video for um, Final Fantasy Yes, the changes. Uh, I guess I'm excited for that too. I don't have a playstation 4 though but like that was one of my favorite Final fantasy games i know it's not one of yours but i really liked it so i kind of want to replay it but maybe i'll wait for the pc release uh, if that's going to be a yeah thing. i mean that'll <laughs> but, definitely happen i mean for me it's it's more like you know i was so disappointed in the story that that really bummed me out about the game but i didn't recognize that the gameplay is good like i'm not i didn't i don't feel like i'm not harsh against that game like i am on like 10 like i i hate 10 but 12 is like one of those games <laughs> where it's like um, I'll give it a second chance, I think, with this release because there's so much more gameplay to it. Uh, even if I know right. that they haven't done anything to the story, which, you know, that's not expected. But any, right. But anyways, I digress. I just want to say that we have a good, a really good uh, little preview video up on the YouTube. Yeah, and that's that. out this week, uh, this upcoming week. So that's kind of the big release coming up. Like, there's not much else after that. So we'll find things to talk about between now and when the releases start picking up again in August with, like, Yakuza at the end of the month and... I'm kind of blanking on anything. Zway so it'll be out cold steel this month. Like, uh, so I keep having to remind myself it's July, and that's why I got to say that. So yeah, and, uh, lastly, the other places you can always find us on iTunes. Just search for TetraCast. You can always always search for us on uh, your favorite podcast app as well. We fixed the RSS feed problem. There was a problem with the last episode of people couldn't download it, so that would be fixed by now. Also on Discord.me slash RPG site. Uh, excuse me. Uh, discord.me slash rpg site is our permanent link to that so if you want to check that out um always active always a lot of fun chatting with people uh anime is premiering so people are into anime uh for the summer and that's a lot of stuff to talk about there and any events that are happening and lastly we like to talk about where you can find us on twitter so where can they find you brian I am at zeomasicot d-e-o-m-a-s-s-i-c-o-t and you can find me at zachary so that's it for this July 8th, 2017 edition of the TetraCast. Thank you, Brian, for being a part of this, and thank you all for listening. And catch us next week for yet another episode of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.